is MRN's Throwback Thursday, brought to you by Hercules Tires, right on our strength, and by Sunoco and Grunt Style. This is Ken Squire. Time now for MRN.com's Throwback Thursday, classic NASCAR races from the Motor Racing Network's Race Archives. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Today. Sponsored by Goody's Headache Powders and Extra Strength Tablets, the official pain reliever of NASCAR. Good afternoon, everyone, from Bristol International Raceway. We're here today for the Valleydale 500. This morning, it didn't look all that well weather-wise here at the racetrack. Some light rain showers have been falling most of the morning. But right now, the skies are beginning to look a lot better. The ceiling has gone up. The sun has popped through a time or two. Track drying efforts have been going on for about the last hour. And I think, Eli Gold, we're going to go on schedule. I think so. Mother Nature has been somewhat of a big tease here this weekend. Yesterday morning it rained, and by race time for the Bud 200 for the Bush Grand National Cars, it was brilliant sunshine. And again, the similar situation as you've just documented, but I think it's a testimony again to what racing fans are all about. Nobody seems to have stayed home because of that bad weather earlier this morning. The crowd is still filing in, and at this point, some 25 minutes or so from race time, I would expect we'll have darn close to a capacity crowd because all the tickets we know have been sold. Well, it's going to be a, a full house. There is no question about that. They like to come to Bristol. The Winston Cup fans do, or any type racing that we go here, even the Grand Nationals yesterday. It is a whale of a show. There are no dull races on Bristol International Raceway. This track is banked 36 degrees. It's a half mile. You get around here in a little less than 17 seconds, and things happen in a hurry. As Kyle Petty said yesterday, this is a racetrack that will pack your lunch and eat it for you. In a heartbeat. This is one of those places, I told him, this is one of those places that they just want to rip your head off your shoulders. You know what I mean? It's tough to stay calm and cool when you're trying to keep your head tied down. But uh, this is one of the places, just like Little Walter just wrecked just then. I mean, you know, it'll, it'll jump up and bite you in a heartbeat. And it, any angle you hit it, you're going to hit hard and you're going to hit fast. And it, it'll just tear up a car. It's not like a North Wilkesboro or a, or a Martinsville where you can glance off the wall and keep going. This place you're going to hit hard when you hit. And uh, it'll, it'll send you home, uh, you know, wondering what went wrong a lot of times. Now, the attrition rate will likely be high here today. This racetrack is not only hard on equipment, it is hard physically on a driver, as Kyle documented. There are a number of drivers who talk about the physical strain on the neck. And as you can imagine, this is your basic short track like you have at home, but with 36-degree banks in the turns, turns that are more steeply banked than Talladega. Benny Parsons hasn't run here in a number of years. Benny, how long? I think it was 1982, Eli, uh, the spring race of 1982 since I've been to Bristol. I've been up in the booth laughing at these guys several times, but I haven't been on the racetrack. So this weekend will be a little uh, role reversal. Yeah, sure will. Somebody's going to be up there. You're going to be up there laughing at me, I'm sure. It's not a laughing matter because this is a racetrack here in Bristol that will come out and grab you. Very rare do we see one-car accidents, but the physical strain on one's neck in particular is a story that drivers are always cognizant of as we start 500 laps here at Bristol. To cover the action for us today on Pit Road, let's go down to Ned Jarrett. Well, thank you, Barney. Good afternoon, everyone. Let's say up front here, uh, any race fan knows that Terry Labotte, that have kept up with it at all, was injured at Darlington in the Trans-South 500, and he's still recuperating. Last week, Brett Bodine drove the Budweiser Chevrolet after Terry took one pay slap came in and they changed drivers of course he had to go to the rear and then brett drove the car the rest of the race they plan to do exactly the same thing here today in the valleydale meets 500 that way terry labonte gets the points 
Brett Bodine will do the driving. Of course, he'll have to go to the rear. So I'll tell you, Barney, it's awfully tough on this racetrack to come from the rear. In fact, this racetrack is one of the toughest on the, the circuit as far as the driver is concerned. We see a lot of drivers with various mechanisms to try to keep the the neck strain down because there is a tremendous strain on the neck here. The banks are so high and they run through the turns so fast here. Some of them will wear a shoulder strap that's attached to their helmet. Others will have a neck brace. So there's various uh, types of things here. Dale Earnhardt, of course, uh, the hottest man in motorsports today, the driver of the Wrangler Chevrolet. Dale, what do you do to prepare yourself for this race? I, I don't know, Ned. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm pumped up to come up here and race it for us to enjoy it so much. And, uh, I don't seem to have no problem with the uh, racetrack or hurting my neck or wearing me out. Uh, I've always ran good here and always uh, enjoyed coming up here. So I think I just mentally over, uh, you know, pump myself up so I don't have to worry about it. Now they're calling you Dale the Dominator. Is that going to be the case today? I don't think so. It's going to be awful competitive today, but uh, we're going to be trying our best, and uh, I think we'll run good up here. Alan Kowicki, what do you do? Do you wear something on your neck? I have a headrest in the car, and that works better than a shoulder strap for me. And, uh, you know, no matter how tough you think you might be or how much you exercise, you know, you're better off making the car as comfortable as you can for the whole race. Alan Kowicki drives the Z-Rex forward, was running awfully good in practice here yesterday afternoon. Now, Ned, when you won here in 1965, though, this track was not quite as uh, unusually shaped as it is now. No, it was not banked nearly as high as it is today, Eli. In fact, I guess the banking was a little bit less than half of what it is today, about 35 degrees here now, and it was uh, around 15 or so degrees back then. It was uh, still very fast then for a half a mile track, but nothing compared to the way it is today. So we didn't do those kind of things, but it was awfully tiring for 500 laps on this track. It'll beat you down in 500 laps at this speedway. Let's take a look at the starting lineup. Back in 30th position will be Ronnie Thomas of Christiansburg, Virginia. He'll start the Bush Chevrolet. Starting 29th, Mike Potter of Johnson City, Tennessee, the panel knitting Ford. 28th is D.K. Elric of Waterbury, New Jersey, and the U.S. Racing Chevrolet. 27th, Jerry Cranner of Absicon, New Jersey, and the Sunny King Racing Machine. Starting 26th, J.D. McDuffie out of Sanford, North Carolina, in the Rumpel Pontiac. Starting 25th, Slick Johnson, Florence, South Carolina, the Hesco Chevrolet. 24 starter Dale Jarrett of Hickory, North Carolina, makes his second start today in the Friedlander Racing Chevrolet. 23rd, Mike Walker of Owensboro, Kentucky, in the Bear Racing Pontiac. 22nd, Eddie Beerswall, San Antonio, Texas driver, in the panel knitting Ford also. 21st will be Jimmy Means of Huntsville, Alabama. He'll start the Turtle Wax Racing Pontiac. 20th starter, Bobby Hillen Jr. of Midland, Texas, the Miller American Buick. 19th starter is Phil Parsons of Denver, North Carolina, the Fast Fair Copenhagen Olds. Richard Petty is in the STP Pontiac starting 18th. And the 17th starter is Dave Marcus from Wausau, Wisconsin, the Life Boy Helen Ray Chevrolet. Starting 16th, Kyle Petty of High Point, North Carolina, in the Wood Brothers Sitco Ford Thunderbird. 15th starter, Ricky Rudd of Chesapeake, Virginia, the Motorcraft Ford. In the 14th starting spot, Sterling. Marlin of Columbia, Tennessee, the Piedmont Airlines Oldsmobile. Starting 13th will be Terry Labonte with relief almost immediately from Brett Bodine. Terry from Corpus Christi, Texas. Brett from Chemung, New York. That's the Budweiser Chevrolet. Twelfth starter, Darrell Waltrip of Franklin, Tennessee. He's in the Tide Exxon machine. And Bill Elliott starts 11th from Dawsonville, Georgia, the Melling Coors Ford Thunderbird. Rounding out the top ten in tenth position, Neil Bonnet from Hueytown, Alabama. He'll start the Valvoline Pontiac. And ninth, Benny Parsons, Ellerby, North Carolina, the Folgers Chevrolet. Eighth starter, Morgan Shepard. He won here yesterday in that Budweiser 200. He's from Conover, North Carolina, the Quaker State Buick. Seventh starter on the field, Ken Schrader of Fenton, Missouri, the Red Baron Pizza Ford. 
Six starter Bobby Allison, Hueytown, Alabama. He's in the Miller American Buick. Alan Kulwicki starts fifth today from Greenfield, Wisconsin, in the Z-Rex Racing Ford. Starting fourth, Jeff Bodine of Chemung, New York, in the Levi Garrett Chevrolet. And rounding out the second row is Dale Earnhardt of Kannapolis, North Carolina, in the Ranger Chevy. The front row, Rusty Wallace of Trinity, North Carolina. He is the defending champion of this event here at Bristol Raceway. He is in the Kodiak Pontiac with a qualifying speed of 115.347 miles an hour and a brand-new track record for Winston Cup cars here at Bristol for the pole sitter Harry Gant of Taylorsville, North Carolina. He's in the Food Lion Skull Bandit Chevrolet, qualifying at 115.674 miles an hour. That's the 30-car starting field for today's Valleydale 500. Drivers have already left the stage and have started reporting to their cars are climbing aboard, and the sun has popped out, and the crowd gives a big cheer for that because it looks like it may turn out to be a nice day. The forecast this morning had been for the temperatures to go into the 70s with a lot of sunshine, but as we said, it looked rather dismal for a while, but the racetrack is about 99% dry, just a little wet spot here or there against the inside pit retaining wall. Let's go down and Ed Jarrett. Well, the drivers are about to get in their cars, uh, Barney, and get buckled up, ready to go for 500 laps here. The defending champion of this race is Rusty Wallace in the Kodiak Pontiac, and he's all pumped up again here today as he gets his safety paraphernalia hooked up. Rusty, are you ready to do it again? I hope so. Ned, it looks good today. The car's really handling good last night, and, uh, you know, I know I got the pit crew to pull it off on me in the pits today. I just got to keep her up front today. I got a lot of confidence in this Kodiak Pontiac today. We noticed that you stayed here late yesterday to the very end of the practice. You kept making adjustments and trying different things, really trying to get her dialed in. Yeah, Ned, I kept making long runs. At the very end, I tried to make like a 20-lap run to make sure the car was going to stay underneath me, and it did, so let's hope it does it today after this rain. Will the track be different because of the rain? It'll be a lot tighter this morning. You'll see a lot of tire smoke probably, and we're just going to have to take, take it easy and uh, keep the tire temperatures down. If we keep running hard this morning, there's a good chance car tires, cars are going to blister some tires basically because of the rain. Barney and my, uh, Eli, that is one thing that we do see here at the Bristol International Raceway is a lot of tire smoke as they go around because they really barrel into these turns at way over 100 miles an hour. And the cars really pound into the corner. Ned will make his way over to pole sitter Harry Gant, who's also getting in the car. Gant has been the happiest man here this week. They'd been in a slump for a long, long time. Nothing really had been going well for them. And with a little help from Herb Nab, who came here with them this weekend, they picked up the bush pole. Let's go back to Ned. Well, the Skull Bandit team needed a break, Barney Hall, and they got that here in winning their first Bush Bowl of 1987. Harry, uh, you got to feel good about this thing. Yeah, I do, Ned. I hope that, uh, you know, the rain didn't change the track too much and the sun will come out here and we'll be about the condition it was yesterday evening. There's a man standing back here to my left. Uh, Barney Hall mentioned Herb Nab has had a lot of success here on this racetrack and apparently helped you some. Yeah, he has, and I hope we can bring home a win for Herb again today. Okay, of course, they brought home a win on Friday. That was the first thing they had to do. Now they got 500 laps to try to do more. I'll tell you, Herb Nab has been as successful at this racetrack. He probably has been the crew chief on at least 10 or 12 winners over the years, particularly in the 60s here when he was crew chief for Fred Lorenzen and worked with some of the other top drivers over the years. He's very knowledgeable about this racetrack. He will be a plus for Harry Gant here today. It was Rusty Wallace, though. Remember, a year ago, he started 14th and then went on to lead the final 100 laps and win this race by 10 seconds, and that's the very same car he's got here today, Barney. They have done very little to that car, if anything. Well, we'll talk about that race car there as quite a story on Rusty Wallace's car and we'll also do some other things and maybe get some final thoughts before they cut them loose here in the Valleydale 500. For the Wood Brothers machine was Kyle Petty and Ned Jarrett is with him. He's already strapped in the Sitco Ford. He was the Bush second round fastest qualifier here at Bristol and he looked awfully good in practice here yesterday, Kyle. How do you feel about it? 
Well, pretty good. The car, uh, the first day of the car had a little push in it, and we felt like we got it out yesterday, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to run it as good or a little bit better than we run at North Wilkesboro last week. Well, you didn't need much. No, but uh, I think Earnhardt was a little bit too much, and uh, the way he's running right now, he's going to, he'll put on the show today. Now, we saw a young man, uh, as we were about to walk up here at the microphone, that, that walked up sort of pulling on your helmet here. Now, what was he saying to you, and who was he? I know it was your son, but tell the fans. Yeah, he's my uh, middle boy, Austin, but uh, he wanted to know what this microphone was and who I was going to talk to during the race, so uh, I had to tell him I was going to talk to Eddie. He wanted to know if I could talk to him. I said, no. Okay, I thought maybe he wanted to get in here and drive this Sitco forward. That's Kyle Petty, and as Ned said, he had a fine qualifying run uh, and good practice yesterday afternoon, so Kyle Petty, one of those to be reckoned with here today in the Valleydale 500. There are a couple of Ford Thunderbirds there on the eighth starting row. We've heard now from Kyle Petty, Ricky Rudd of Chesapeake and Bud Moore's Motorcraft Ford. He's now joined by Ned Jarrett. Ned? And he's had some awfully good runs so far this year. Ricky, how does it look to you today? Well, Ned, the car seems to be running pretty good. We, uh, during the qualifying run, we broke a gear uh, coming out of the fourth corner. We coasted across the finish line, so it didn't help us too good on qualifying, but the car seems to be running and driving real well, and uh, hopefully we can uh, do good with this Motocraft Ford today. Is it tough to pass? You're starting back here sort of in the middle of the pack. Does that uh, put you to a disadvantage? Well, it doesn't help us any too much. You know, the worst thing about back here, there's usually some action that takes place at Bristol in the beginning of the race, and uh, if you're up front, hopefully you have a chance to miss it, and Back here where I'm at, uh, if something happens, your chances of getting into it are a lot greater. That's the only drawback about starting back here. And another Ford driver that uh, fans will be watching here today is Kenny Schrader in the Junie Donlevy Ford Red Baron Pizza car number 90. And Junie is not here this weekend, uh, an unusual situation for him not to be at a racetrack, but he's recuperating from an operation, and we want to say hello to Junie up in Richmond, Virginia. Warming the engines down on pit road. As we said, it was overcast for a long time this morning, and they'll sit there for a minute or two and get things going and cranked up and warm up the transmissions and everything else before they pull on the racetrack, and they'll likely take at least two, possibly three laps before they turn them loose here this afternoon. As we said, there are not many dull races at Bristol, Tennessee, and this will be a typical knockdown, drag-out affair all day long. Close, tight racing in the corners, lightning fast straightaways, really put on a show here at Bristol, Tennessee. And a fellow joining us today to cover the action for Motor Racing Network over in turns three and four, first trip to Bristol, Tennessee, and I thought he had been here before, and you are in for quite a treat today, Dave Despain. You know, Barney, I've been looking forward to this one for a long, long time. I'm one of those guys whose favorite racetrack is the one that uh, I happen to be at on a particular day. Bristol has always appealed to me because I like short track racing a lot. The fascinating thing about this racetrack to me is these 36-degree banks in the corners. I love the 200-mile-an-hour speeds at the super speedways like Daytona and Talladega, but here, keep in mind that they're going to be running more than half as fast as they are on those big tracks, but the corners are less than a fifth as far around them. So it's a lot like being on a rock on a string here on this racetrack. You uh, hurtle off in, and we're right over the entrance to turn three where you come in flat, and suddenly the world flips 36 degrees out of kilter. It's a little bit like uh, mowing that steep lawn on your lawnmower where you feel like it's going to tip over. They do that twice each lap, 500 laps around. The strain is tremendous. We've talked about that. But it's right here at that transition point where it gets really wild. The car wants to do a lot of very strange things. And keep in mind, too, it's just a three- or four-second spurt down the straightaway, so you really don't have much time to get yourself ready. 
Pace car coming by. Hungry Harry Gant leading the field on the pole. We're just about set to turn him loose, and it's going to be exciting over here. Back in 20th position, Bobby Hillen Jr. is approaching today's race with an interesting line of thought. I've in the past run real good here, but it wasn't until the second half of the race, and I was already a lap down. And so I'm really going to concentrate on staying on that lead lap the first half of the race, and I think the second half of the race, it'll take care of itself, and we'll be right there, and hopefully we'll be able to fight for it at the end. Oh, Bobby Hillen starting back there in 20th position. Last night, the top drivers on the dirt in the Bush NASCAR All-Star Dirt Series. They were at the Tri-City Speedway in Hudson, North Carolina. Jeff Purvis with a victory by a car length over Ronnie Johnson, Mike Head, Steve Broom, and Gary Cunningham. And throughout today's broadcast, we'll update you from Lanier Raceway in Georgia on the All-American Challenge Series event of yesterday. We'll hear from Joe Golis up in Stafford Springs, Connecticut, where today they're running the Coors Spring Sizzler. We'll also take a look back to yesterday's running of the Budweiser 200 for the Bush Grand National Cars of NASCAR here at Bristol, won by Morgan Shepard. Looks like at least another lap around before they'll turn them loose this afternoon. Already the drivers are squirreling around. A couple of more laps they're indicating now to kind of get some heat in the cars and making that pit stop as they go down pit road right now. The Budweiser Chevrolet of Junior Johnson. They'll make the driver change. Let's go to Ned. Well, Terry Labonte already has the window net down. I'm sure his safety paraphernalia was unhooked as he came down pit road. One of the crew members will reach in and just lift him right out of the car. He already is out, and now Brett Bodine goes in the car. They did that very quickly last week. Of course, they practiced it, so they should be able to do it with no problem at all. He'll have to fall into the tail of the field, though. He wanted to stay in the car and drive a complete pit stop because he said he didn't know just how strong he was until he gets out there and rides a little bit. But Junior Johnson and the rest of the team say there's no point in aggravating the injured shoulder. Let it heal, and possibly he'll be back in the car full time when we get to Martinsville in a couple of weeks. Field out of turn number four. They'll go racing in one more lap. On that front row is Harry Gant. Outside, Rusty Wallace. He's had some outstanding runs here, and I guess he's psyched out about as high as you can get and feels like he can win this race today. But behind them, they're both much aware of who is right back in that second row. A couple of cars there that can win very easy here this afternoon. Certainly Dale Earnhardt and Jeff Bodine both run this track extremely well. And Earnhardt in recent years has gotten to where he calls this my racetrack, and for good reason. Indeed, for good reason. This is a racetrack, again, that we have talked about that favors some, doesn't favor others. It is difficult to keep one's nose clean at this racetrack because everything happens in such a quick hurry. Dave Despain, they're forming up in front of you for the start. Fans are all on their feet, waving their hats, waving their arms, cheering them on, signs aloft. We see a big Dale Earnhardt banner down here. It'll be interesting to see if Dale will try to go straight to the front. He has led far more laps than anybody else this year. Let's see if he'll try to take the lead when the green flag falls. Well, they're apparently going to stay out there one more lap because the caution is still on the speedway. They've got a piece of debris that just uh, was tossed onto the speedway. Somebody evidently was trying to discard a can of sorts and uh, made its way onto the racing surface. The NASCAR inspectors quickly uh, run out onto the track to uh, grab the offending piece of debris and will be getting back to or to green flag racing for the first time here in just about a lap or two. Pace car takes them over into turn number two. There's a very critical area coming out of that corner. We had some probably some of the most spectacular accidents we have seen at Bristol in a lot of years here yesterday afternoon in that Grand National Bush Series over there, the Budweiser 200, when Robbie Moroso went almost head on into the concrete wall and the car went up in the air some eight or nine feet and did a nosedive back into the racetrack and he was not injured. Now likely we'll see some more pushing, shoving, fender banging all day long here at Bristol because we said there's not a racetrack on the circuit that presents any tighter racing. They're going to take one more circuit around before they turn them loose and they should be ready to go. 
Richard Petty is back in the middle of the field this afternoon at STP Pontiac. Don't count him out. He's always run well at Bristol. Another big question mark in the field, Darrell Waltrip. Have they finally got their act together here? From talking to Darrell and Waddell Wilson, they were not all that optimistic about running that strong and winning the race. Darrell said, we're just looking for a good top five finish. A win would be a bonus at this stage of the game. Pace car takes them into turn two and looks like they'll cut them loose this lap around. Up to Dave Despain. Well, they got the tide boxes waving over here on the backstretch. First time we've seen that this year, Barney. So perhaps uh, these two fans down here are optimistic, more optimistic even than Darrell Waltrip about his chances because they are definitely waving the orange colors for Darrell as he brings his machine down from that 10th starting spot. Guy to keep your eye on is Harry Gant. Definitely hungry for a victory, and he is going to try to set the pace here as the pace car prepares to pull in. Pace car getting ready to come off that steep banking, go behind the pit wall as they come out of the corner. He makes the dive down on pit road. They look him over at the start-finish line, and we're under green, and the Valleydale Meets 500 is underway. Door to door, they go into the corner, and Rusty Wallace gets away. Pulls out by a couple of car lengths off turn two. Wallace got a great break from the outside pole, takes the advantage with a two-car length lead down the backstretch. Harry Gant second, Earnhardt third, Bodine fourth. Meanwhile, that outside line behind Neil Bonnet and further back getting shuffled on the start. They lose a large number of car lanes to the leader, Rusty Wallace, who leads them into number two. Alan Kulwicki back in the fifth spot with Bobby Allison right alongside. Allison scrambling for position. Morgan Shepard trying to dive inside there. That's the battle for six. And Allison is caught that outside lane and nobody will let him get back in line. He's going to lose a lot of spots before he's able to tuck back in. Wallace is ahead by at least five car lengths. Gant rides second. Earnhardt is third. Bodine is fourth. And fifth is Alan Kowicki. Single file back to three. Behind him comes the sixth place car. That is Morgan Shepard. Seventh is Kenny Schrader. Eighth, Benny Parsons. Ninth, Bobby Allison. As he finally gets back in the line, Bill Elliott rounds out the early top ten. Eleventh is Ricky Rudd. Twelfth, Neil Bonnet. Thirteenth is Darrell Waltrip. Fourteenth, Terry Labonte, or excuse me, Sterling Marlin. And fifteenth is Dave Marcus. It is single file all the way through the 30 car field. The sun again glistening through the clouds as Rusty Wallace leads him off number four corner back to the stripe just underway here at Bristol Tennessee. They're in turn one. And already we see moves in the back of the pack as that number 11 car is on the move. Brett Bodine, who had to pick up the tail end of the field, now making a pass and picking up the fifth pass of the race thus far. He's on the charge in Junior Johnson's Chevy. And Bobby Allison finally does get back in line. He ends up in ninth position as they work out of turn number four and back into the front straightaway. The leader right now is Rusty Wallace. A couple of car links back is Harry Gant. A couple more car links back to Dale Earnhardt. They'll run single file for at least 10 or 15 laps, get a little heat in the tires, feel out the racing surface, because as we said, there was some rain here on the they're not exactly sure if the chassis setup is what they need. Probably in another four or five laps, we'll see some door-to-door knocking on it here at Bristol. They're back in the back straight away. A good measure of the caution with which the field approaching this racetrack is Earnhardt content to run back there in third spot and not challenge for the lead. All year long, he's gone to the front. Earnhardt is waiting for the racetrack to settle in before he goes after the leaders. Right now, Harry Gant is putting a little pressure on the leader out front, Rusty Wallace. Back in 10th position, Ricky Rudd had tried to get around Bill Elliott, trying to go to the high side. That didn't work. Meanwhile, the lead cars now bypassing Ronnie Thomas back on the tour here in Winston Cup Racing. But it's still Wallace and one being hounded by Harry Gant. Sterling Marlin got caught in a little bit of a shuffle back there behind Darrell Waltrip and almost got into the wall. He's in good shape now. And right on his tail is Dave Marcus. That's the battle back in about 14th and 15th spot. But it was a close shave for Sterling Marlin. And there are nine laps now complete. In the Valleydale meets 500 here this afternoon at the front four, getting closer and closer every lap around as Gant now moves up within a half a car length, the leader in the leader over in turn three. And coming right with him is Earnhardt, Jeff Bodine also closing up to make that a four-car battle. And we just see the first glimpse of the tire smoke now as they start to pick up the pace. That's a trait here at Bristol. We'll see more of that. 
Brett Bodine has picked up four spots on the start here. He, in relief of Terry Labonte, had to start shotgun on the field. The front four cars having a breakaway now, while Alan Kowicki in fifth has broken free of the Morgan Shepard car in sixth as Kowicki tries to chase down the leaders. And it's a good separation back to Shepard, who is in turn being chased by the number 90 car of Kenny Schrader, and he's got Benny Parsons right on his tail. Benny looks like he hasn't forgotten to get around a short track. Here. Trouble out of turn number four right now. Gant almost brought the car completely around, gets it back in a straight line and will save it, but he is going to lose four or five spots. Did a good job of driving there to get the car out of the wall because it was headed down to the inside pit wall. He's going to lose at least three spots. They're back in three. And that'll move Earnhardt up into the second spot now. Bodine got around as well. Gant will settle into fourth. And right on his tail is the Wisconsin driver, Kulwicki, who is now fifth. Fifth place is Kulwicki. Sixth, Morgan Shepard. Seventh is Kenny Schrader. Benny Parsons is eighth. Ninth place is Bobby Allison and Bill Elliott is tenth. Eleventh is Ricky Rudd. Neil Bonnet runs twelfth. Thirteenth, where he started, Darrell Waltrip. 14th is Sterling Marlin, 15th is Kyle Petty, 16th Dave Marcus, 17th belongs to Phil Parsons, Richard Petty is 18th, 19th is Bobby Hillen Jr., and 20th Michael Waltrip as we are 14 laps into the 500 here at Bristol. Apparently Dale Earnhardt says it's time to get up here and lead a lap. If I can do so, he's moved right in on Rusty Wallace. He's a couple of car lakes back and has looked him over real close in turns one and two. That's where they are right now, working into the back straightaway. And the backstretch fans were on their feet the last lap by as Earnhardt actually stuck the nose up under Wallace going in to three. Now he gives him about a car length as they work three and four. The leaders have put a lap on Eddie Beerswall, Jerry Cranmer, D.K. Ulrich's car as well. And back into turn number one, the leaders will have a package of about six or seven cars which they'll catch, if not this lap, the next time by. And let's log the first retirement for the day. Number 41, Ronnie Thomas has gone behind the wall. The Bush polishes Chevrolet with apparently a terminal problem. They stopped on the backstretch pits, consult, uh, consulted for a while, then took it behind the wall. Turley Marlin is having some problems getting through three and four. Just a moment ago, Kyle Petty dived underneath him, and Sterling got a little bit sideways, got the car back in a straight line, and now Dave Marcus is working on Sterling to take a position away from him over in turns one and two. Meanwhile, that battle for the lead is still a close one. Rusty Wallace is the leader. A couple of car lengths back now is Dale Earnhardt, and they're catching a big pack of traffic, and the move might come right here for Earnhardt. It's a big jam up down the backstretch. The two lead cars go high. The lap car is dropping down to the bottom. Earnhardt closing right up on Rus Rusty Wallace's rear deck out of four. They move around Slick Johnson, closing on Buddy Arrington and J.D. McDuffie, not all that far ahead of the lead cars now. Brett Bodine, he trails Dale Jarrett as they work their way on the backstretch. They're giving him room. They've got plenty of racing room out there, but it is a tremendous traffic jam now as they work these tight bank corners. They are moving up on the number 30 of Mike Waltrip, who is having a handling problem out there. This is where you really have to thread your way around the speedway because the lap traffic can be a problem. The visibility in the corners, you go flying off in there, and you can be at the bottom of the racetrack getting around one of the slow cars. Somebody can be up in that lane and not know you're there and get up into you, and all you have to do is just get a little touch here, and it'll turn your car around and put you in the wall. Wallace is still the leader, pulls up behind Jimmy Means' his turtle wax car, going to put him a lap down here as he scoots up, up to the high side out of turn number two, and right behind him now comes Dale Earnhardt. This may be the time. Earnhardt is right there. He is riding the rear deck of Rusty Wallace. Rusty's car is working real well. He can put it about where he wants to on the racetrack, and Earnhardt's going to have his hands full getting around him. Rusty Wallace, who led the last 100 laps of 
the race here a year ago as Earnhardt now just a car length behind as they've gone by Jimmy Means. Meanwhile, a move up in turn one and two. Bill Elliott picks up a spot as he is around the 90 car of Kenny Schrader. That's going to move him up, I believe, into the sixth spot now. Elliott seems to be running strong here today. He's sticking right at the bottom of the racetrack in both ends of the speedway, and you can tell that car is pretty well dialed in. Their short, short track program seems to get better and better every week. At Bristol, Tennessee, 31 laps are now complete in the Valleydale 500. Moving off turn number two, here's leader Rusty Wallace. Earnhardt still a couple of car lengths back. Jeff Bodine rides third. Back in fourth position is Gant. Fifth right now is Morgan Shepard. And sixth is Alan Kowicki. They're in the back straightaway. And uh, the lead battle seems to have stabilized for the moment. Earnhardt again about a car length off Rusty Wallace. The other side of that Bill Elliott story is that the 90 of Kenny Schrader does seem to be having some handling problems. He's got a bad push and showing a lot of tire smoke in the corners. And he's dropped a couple of more spots here. He's going to the pits. Schrader comes down off the banking in turn number four and will go on to pit road. No, he's going to stay on the racetrack and will keep the car out there, but he is very, very slow, going to lose an awful lot of time here this afternoon as the lead car will pass him again going into turn one. Let's go to Ned. We're on the back stretch. Ronnie Thomas is still sitting in his car. Ronnie, what's wrong? Ned, we made a bunch of changes on the car before the race started. It's a big mistake. I, I know I've been racing long enough to know that you can make a minor change, but... Uh, this is our Talladega car. It's a narrow car. It's only about 59 inches wide. The weight's all wrong. The weight's wrong on it for up here. We made a bunch of changes trying to get the handling good here. We really messed ourselves up. So we're going to try to go back to what we had. If we get it going, we'll run. We'll just try to ride the race out because we are going to Talladega. So if we can get it working, we'll just try to ride the race out. Take care of the car. but just try to get a finish. Okay, they're doing a lot of work on it here right now. Earnhardt went for the lead off turn number two, and he got a little bent sheet metal in the process. He got into the side of Rusty Wallace as they came off the corner. They're stacked up in there behind the number 11 of Brett Bodine. Wallace was jammed in. Earnhardt saw the opening, tried to go into it. Wallace came down. They bumped, tangled. Earnhardt got real sideways, and now they're doing it again as they come off turn two. Close battle for the lead as they're hanging. They finally work around Brett Bodine. A good, tight battle for the lead. There's a problem on the Jerry Cranmer car as he has a left front suspension problem. Meanwhile, the leaders have gone around Dale Jarrett now with Rusty Wallace continuing to hold off Dale Earnhardt. Cranmer takes the Elmo Langley car toward Pitt Road, but they're going to put out the caution. There is debris on the back straightaway from Jerry Cranmer's car, number 64. And back to the stripe, Rusty Wallace holds off the challenge of Dale Earnhardt. And on lap number 39, we are under the first caution flag of the afternoon here at Bristol Raceway with Rusty Wallace continuing to lead the Valleydale 500. A cut tire was the reason that Kenny Schrader presented himself on pit road. We are now under however under caution here for the first time today and after this first round of pit stops Dale Earnhardt again getting great work from Kirk Shelmerdine and the crew he made his way out off pit road ahead of Rusty Wallace and Ned Jarrett it seems to be fairly routine for everybody well most everybody came in uh, Eli Richard Petty just now came in in the STP Pontiac but Earnhardt Rusty Wallace uh, Jeff Bodine Harry Gant and uh, most of them did come in. Alan Kowicki is in right now getting left side tires. He had taken on right side tires the other time around. So most of them are using this opportunity during the caution to take on four new tires to see how the tire temperature is going on the car. Not that they've worn the tires out at this point, but to see how the tires are heating up and standing the pace that they're setting out there right now. And, of course, to fill them up with gasoline. 
One exception to the routine pit stops was Phil Parsons, who spun out of the backstretch pits. The pit road on the backstretch still very wet from the morning rains. Phil trying to get into his pit, spun the car around backwards, had to get it straightened out, looped on the on pit road, and then went back around the racetrack and is now getting his four-tire change. He'll be at the tail end of the field. And a couple of cars that did not elect to come onto pit road, Dale Jarrett keeps the Friedlander machine on the racetrack, and so did Brett Bodine in the Budweiser Chevrolet, so he will stay out there. We'll Bad break for both of those drivers, Barney. They had just been left, the left that they were coming around to get the caution, and neither of them could get back around Rusty Wallace, so they went a lap down. We're getting set to go back to green here at Bristol, Tennessee. They'll put them under green again on lap 44 as they come out of the turn four, back down to the start-finish line. Harold Kinder looks them over at the head of the pack, leading them out of the turn right now will be Brett Bodine. They're saying he is a lap down, but we'll find out in a moment. Marcus should be leading the race. And he is right behind him, along with Morgan Shepard, the number two place car. They're out of turn two. Well, Bodine may think he's still on the same lap. He's certainly driving like the race leader as he darts away from the field. But the scoreboard does show Marcus as the leader with Morgan Shepard in the number two spot. Then Neil Bonnet and Dale Earnhardt down the front chute. And now we do understand that uh, Brett Bodine is on the tail end of the lead lap. That has just been confirmed by NASCAR timing and scoring. So Brett Bodine is on the tail end of the lead lap. Dave Marcus is indeed the race leader with uh, Morgan Shepard running second, Neil Bonnet going third, Dale Earnhardt fourth, Jeff Bodine is fifth. As they work into turn one now, a move down to the bottom by Neil Bonnet. He's looking for the inside line around Morgan Shepard, who is one of the strongest drivers on this racetrack. He's got a great record at Bristol, and right now he's going after the leader, Dave Marcus, up in four. He comes out of the corner, puts the car right down to the bottom of the racetrack, get, tries to get underneath the deal Bonnet as they work back into turn number one, and Earnhardt is on the scramble. That car is really working now. He'll get him out of turn number two and move up a spot. Down to the bottom goes Earnhardt to take that spot away from Neil, uh, Neil Bonnet. Neil rubbing sheet metal now with Jeff Bodine as Bodine goes to the inside with Earnhardt and picks up the four spot. That'll drop kick Bonnet back to fifth. Bodine ran awfully well in the last practice session here yesterday, and his car is one that has to be reckoned with. So far, Brett Bodine continuing to scoot away, staying on the tail end of the lead lap. Dave Marcus is the race leader. Morgan Shepard now will have his hands full as Dale Earnhardt now draws near Earnhardt within a car length of second spot. Rusty Wallace, who led through the first round of green flag racing back in fifth spot after the pit stops, he'll be next to work on Neil Bonnet. Meanwhile, the Leader Dave Marcus holding his own out there. A good three car lengths in front. Here's Earnhardt to the bottom, trying for second. Earnhardt is going to get second position, or is he? Because Shepard's not about to give it up across the start finish line. It was Shepard by half a car length. They're still door to door through turns one and two, and they'll come off the corner that way. Shepard likes to run the high line here at Bristol, and I don't think he's going to make it work. Earnhardt on the bottom, slowly inching his way around. Now Morgan comes back on the top. Staying right with him. That's a surprise. A few dancing eyebrows on that one. Still side by side in turn one. Shepard staying with Earnhardt using the high groove. Now that line seems to be failing him now, though, as Earnhardt finally slips by, and Shepard has to tuck in behind him. Jeff Bodine is right on his tail and will be next to go to work on Morgan as he stays on that high line. Bodine is running strong this afternoon. He'll race Shepard off into turn number one. Bodine at the bottom of the racetrack. Shepard in that high groove, and that's not necessarily the place to be. It's a little disadvantage to be out there, and Bodine will move up into the number three position. Let's see if Morgan comes back down to run low now, or if he wants to be up in that high line. It's cost him two positions. If the car will work on the bottom, he'll surely bring it down, but he seems to be staying up there for now, and it's costing him real estate on the racetrack. Our pole sitter, Harry Gant, he's running back in 11th position now and being challenged for that spot by Kyle Petty, though Gant holds off the Petty challenge. Kyle made a nervy move to the bottom there, and it's going to get him a spot on Phil Parsons. Uh, uh, check that, Benny Parsons. 
as he picks up one position there. Kyle went to the bottom, and they almost got together. Ned, after that round of pit stops, I think everybody made a couple of adjustments chassis-wise. Everybody we looked at was doing some adjusting on the car, and it's helped a lot of them. Yes, it has, uh, Barney, and that was one reason that they stopped as early in the race as they did with no more laps than we had was to make some adjustments because the track is different from the last time they ran on it here yesterday afternoon. Field out of turn number two. Dave Marcus is the leader, but he has company. Earnhardt is there. Earnhardt challenging now as they go into three. Three car lengths back is Jeff Bodine. Then comes Morgan Shepard, and he's challenged by Rusty Wallace for four. Dave Marcus, he'll run the wheels off a car on a short track or on any track for that matter as you challenge him for the lead. It's Earnhardt looking high on Marcus and can't pull it off. Meanwhile, the good battle is back at third. Tremendous race for that spot as uh, Rusty Wallace is moving up now. Bodine sitting in third. Morgan Shepard fourth, and here comes Wallace underneath to take away fourth position. And Caution comes out of the speedway. It'll be the second one of the day as Caution is on the racetrack, and we'll see some more diving onto pit road as they work back into turns number one and two. Everybody is going to get the yellow flag, second one today. There's a report of some oil on the back straightaway. That is the reason for this Caution flag on lap number 57. So this is the second Caution flag of the afternoon, and Dave Marcus is now uh, getting the uh, black flag as he came by the start-finish line, so we'll continue to update that situation for you. Don't forget, next week, the Winston Cup cars, and most everybody else has a weekend off. It's Easter Sunday, but it's back to work in two weeks' time. The Sovereign Bank 500 at Clay Earl's beautiful Martinsville Speedway. MRN with exclusive coverage on Sunday, April the 26th. It's a good week of racing. Also, Bushpole qualifying gets going on Thursday of that week. On Saturday, the NASCAR Winston Modified Tour and the Pontiac 150. And MRN airtime, the Sovereign Bank 500 12 noon Eastern time. That is two weeks from today. Then two weeks thereafter, the world's fastest speedway, the Alabama International Motor Speedway, the Winston 500. That's Sunday, May the 3rd. And on the day prior to that, MRN is on the air with the Sitco Pit Road Preview. And, of course, upcoming, we've got coverage of the Winston here on MRN from the Charlotte Motor Speedway on Sunday, May the 17th. In the month of May, wrapping up at Dover Downs, Delaware, the Budweiser 500. On Sunday, May the 31st, you might want to give a call to one of those speedways and make your ticket plans as quickly as you can. Here is Brett Bodine bringing his car on the pit road. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. Barney, this caution was a break for him. He was about to be overlapped by the leaders, but the caution came out. He got to go all the way around, catch up to the field, so he's in now for his first pit stop, taking on right side tires in the Budweiser Chevrolet, and I'm sure they'll come around and uh, at least look at the left side tires. No, they're going to change the left side tires on it, too. We saw Kenny Schrader come in, take on four tires. Morgan Shepard also made a pit stop. Dale Jarrett coming out of the pits on the backstretch, and Dave Marcus also, I believe, went into the pits on the backstretch as well. He indeed did, so he has fallen back in the pack. Now, Dave had not stopped during that last caution period. We're still working caution here at the Speedway right now. 62 laps are complete. If you just joined our broadcast, this will be the second caution of the day. The first one came out on lap number 38 when Jerry Cranmer had a left front wheel collapse on the car, put some debris on the racetrack, and that put us under yellow. Second one on lap 57 just a few minutes ago, some oil on the Speedway. So it looks like we're going to ride another lap or two until they get things ready back to green here. Now they're giving the indication one to go. Earnhardt is the leader. Jeff Bodine is the number two position right now. Riding third is Rusty Wallace. Fourth should be Neil Bonnet. Fifth would be Bill Elliott. Back in sixth position, Darrell Waltrip. Seventh is Richard Petty. Eighth appears to be Ricky Rudd. Back in ninth spot is Harry Gant. Tenth is Kyle Petty. The 11th position belongs to Alan Kowicki, and rounding out the top dozen would be Benny Parsons. It'll be a double-file restart. Bobby Allison will be the first car down on the inside line, one lap down there in turn three. Dale Earnhardt leading for the first time today. His role thus far has been to challenge and press and pressure the leader. 
And from what we've seen, he's got a very strong race car. It's going to be interesting now that he's got nobody in front of him to see if Earnhardt can really set the pace and perhaps draw away from the field. Jim Graham takes a safety car down pit road. Green flag from Harold Kinder. Bobby Allison cannot get his lap back as Dale Earnhardt scoots off again with the lead and the battle now shaping up for second. And the lapped Allison dives in behind Earnhardt. Jeff Bodine is second in the running order. Then comes Rusty Wallace. Neil Bonnet running in the fourth spot. Fifth is Bill Elliott. Sixth is Darrell Waltrip. Seventh, Richard Petty. From seventh on back, that's where the battle is as Ricky Rudd and Harry Gant try to work around Mike Waltrip and some of the lap traffic down to the inside. It gets a bit ticklish down in turns one and two there in the back straightaway. And indeed, Earnhardt is pulling away. He's got three, four car lengths now on Allison, who has a couple more on Bodine. Make Jeff six back from the leader as they come up the front chute. Jeff trying to hang right in front of Rusty Wallace. Wallace's Kodiak Pontiac closing to within a car length, now closing to a half car length off two. And Bill Elliott's uh, steadily improving short track fortunes continue to look strong here. He's putting the pressure on Neil Bonnet in the race for fourth spot. The Elliott short track program really coming around. That car is really working in both ends of the speedway. He's able to drive it right down to the bottom of the racetrack and get good corner times. He is really working on Neil Bonnet. Gets underneath him out of turn number two. He's going to grab a spot. And that brings the fans on the back stretch to their feet. They like Bill Elliott up in this part of the country. And we note that Elliott is showing some heavy damage on the right front of that car. He's had some Bristol contact out there today. Elliott's got fourth. Neil Bonnet fifth. Darrell Waltrip just ahead of Richard Petty for sixth. And then side by side, Harry Gant inside of Ricky Rudd. Gant working the bottom of the racetrack will pick up that spot, it appears, from Ricky Rudd now as the leaders work off into three and four. And now we've got Ronnie Thomas coming back out onto the racetrack. They've adjusted that car. He's going to give her another shot. So that'll put everybody that started back in the race here this afternoon. 69 laps go up on the scoreboard. Earnhardt out of turn number two leads Jeff Bodine right now and Rusty Wallace. And the Harry Gant-Ricky Rudd saga continues. Gant got all the way down onto the apron in that battle. Now a challenge. Earnhardt is in trouble. He's lost the lead. Earnhardt went way high in turn number four all the way up the banking. The car seemed to slow and he goes high again up the banking in turn number two. There's a problem obviously on Dale Earnhardt, maybe a tire going down or something of the like, and we'll have Ned checking on that in just a second, but Earnhardt is slowing, and Ned, he's heading to you down pit road. Yes, apparently he does have a tire going down on the Wrangler Chevrolet, Barney, uh, Eli, the pit crew, the Wrangler crew are ready for him, but he's going to have to hustle or not lose the lap. They go to the right side and change those tires. It looks like the right front was leaking down on it. They have it jacked up already. They're putting those tires on. And here comes the leaders off of turn four, and Dale Earnhardt's going to go a lap down. He's going to have to play catch-up, and everyone wondered when his luck might go the other way. They've had just phenomenal success in 1987, but Earnhardt will have to play catch-up for a while here at Bristol, Tennessee. And Bobby Allison has gotten back on the lead lap also, as he is ahead of leader Jeff Bodine. Bodine has a full second now over Rusty Wallace, who rides in the number two position. Bill Elliott currently is posted in third. Fourth is Neil Bonnet. Fifth is Richard Petty. Back in sixth position, that's Ricky Rudd. Seventh is Harry Gant. The battle is at eighth spot. And in that battle, we've got Darrell Waltrip trying to hold off Neil Bonnet for the moment. Uh, let's give Waltrip the spot. He's running the high line. Check that. That's Kyle Petty running with him. Kyle down on the bottom, and right on the tail of that is the 90 car of Kenny Schrader. Dale Earnhardt is roughly a lap and a half down to the leader, and now Jeff Bodine going into turn three. He and Allison are together. Bodine Allison is side. Bodine right into the side of uh, Allison as they tried to get by. Both cars have spun Allison down to the apron on the bottom. Bodine gets it gathered back up. He'll be past the entrance to pit road. He'll have to go all the way around. Both cars heavily damaged. 
Dave, you could almost see that one coming because the last couple of laps around, they've been dueling for a position. And if you touch just a little bit as you go into the banking and that car literally said, as you said earlier, tips up to the side, you'll go around. And that's exactly what happened. Well, it's so disorienting when the car uh, heads onto that banking because the transition is so abrupt from the flat backstretch to the 36-degree banking. It's a very skittery part of the racetrack. The car wants to break loose there. And as they went in side by side, it looked like Allison's rear broke just a little bit. And as the car turned down, Bodine was down on the inside, and Allison's left front got into Bodine's right front, and that's what started the uh, collision. Both cars came around sideways and were beat up pretty badly. They're both still running on the racetrack. We'll have to see whether they can continue. Let's go to Pit Road and Ned Jarrett. Rusty Wallace is in, getting right side tires on the Kodiak Pontiac. Now they'll go around to the left side and take on four. Ricky Rudd is in the Motorcraft Ford. Benny Parsons in the Folgers Coffee Chevrolet, also getting right side. He'll get left side as well. Most of them will take on four tires. Neil Bonnet has his service. So does Darrell Walter and Kyle Petty. They head back out into the action. Ned Jarrett is in the Jeff Bodine pit area. Gary Nelson, the crew chief, is talking to, to Jeff Bodine. He's been in for service and have sent him back out. He's uh, on the radio to him. Everything appears to be in, in good shape. We get Gary. Gary, is everything okay? We seem to be okay. We'll, we'll know for sure when we get up to speed. Uh, I think that uh, it's just getting awful tight out there, a lot of traffic. Okay, well, there, we'll be taking a close look at it. Bobby Allison didn't fare quite as well. A lot of damage done to the left front and the left rear quarter panel on the Miller American Buick. He's in now with the left side jacked up. They're trying to pull the sheet metal away. they got a lot of work to do on that car. Well, the back end of that car really tagged the wall up there in turn number three, but this is a break for them because it'll be a fairly lengthy caution flag as they clean up over in turns three and four, so they'll have time to do a little more work on it. But Allison is going to go another lap down as the field works by here under caution. Bobby Allison's car has gone behind the wall, and Ned Jarrett is there. Well, Bobby, looking over the, the damage out here, Bobby, it looked like it's one thing and then another for you every week. Say it again, I Ned. Said one thing and then another seems to be happening to you every week. Yeah, that was kind of uncalled for. Uh, you know, uh, I just got run into, and on this racetrack, you can't do it. Well, it looks like there's a lot of damage to the car. Will they be able to fix it? They're trying to fix it. It's wrecked pretty bad. Okay, Bobby Allison very dejected here as a result of the turn of the deal. Well, it has not been Allison's year. He has really had a lot of trouble. I was going to say, he leads the league this year in uh, on sort, all sorts of accidents and problems, and uh, we'll continue to update that story. Jimmy Fenning is uh, the crew chief down there. He and the rest of the crew working all over the Miller American Buick. They're forming up in front of Dave Despain for a restart. And at the head of the class, the bent and battered Ford Thunderbird of Bill Elliott. He took a lick out there from somebody. The front end of that car is pretty well beat up. But for the moment, he's sitting at the head of the class. And look who's right on his tail. Brett Bodine, who started dead last in this race after the driver changed with Terry Labonte. Sitting in the second spot, Morgan Shepard is third. And Dave Marcus has come from last to fourth. And we're back under green here. The Vatadale meets 500. Elliott comes up through the gearbox quick. Pulls away by five or six car lengths as they hit turn number one. Bodine tries to hang with him. Shepard tries to get around on the outside, and he's going to get squeezed up in that high lane again, and he's going to lose some more ground. And Dale Earnhardt is up in the thick of that, too, but remember, he is now a lap down after running strong early. He'll try to work his way back to the front, get that lap back as Elliott takes him up the front chute. Bill Elliott leads. He's got four car lanes on the second place. Brett Bodine then next in line is the lap car of Earnhardt, who has now gotten by Kenny Schrader, who's showing a couple of laps down. The third place runner is Morgan Shepard, then Dave Marcus. They've got a good battle as Marcus and Morgan Shepard get together off turn number four. Well, that was like a sledgehammer shot that Marcus did going into the corner there. Probably just Shepard backed out of it for a second, and Marcus tagged him real good, but they keep them both in a straight line. Now they're door-to-door again. That's a good battle. Shepard is still working that high line that we've seen him run all day long, and Marcus tried to get under him the last lap they touched. This time they're door-post to door-post. 
And back to the stripe. We have caution again on the speedway. It is residue of two cars getting together. There is yet again debris on the racetrack on lap number 85. So caution on lap number 85 as we have debris on the racetrack, one of the byproducts of uh, the close quarter racing and the high speed racing you see here at Bristol. We're set to go back to green and one more turn around the Bristol International Raceway. We're still under overcast skies, had some light rain this morning. Sun has been out a few times, but right now everything looks real good as the ceiling is still very high and we are 87 laps in to the Valleydale Meets 500. It has been a dandy so far. It looks like we're going to see some fender banging all day long. They're over in front of Davis Main getting ready to go. Bill Elliott will start at the head of the field right alongside is Dale Earnhardt with a good opportunity here to get his lap back. Shades of the great battle they had on the short track at Richmond a few weeks back. Let's see if Earnhardt can unlap himself as we go green. He's sure going to try. There's no question about that. Harold Kinder waves the green flag and they dive off into turn number one and Earnhardt is not about to lift as he goes underneath Bill Elliott in the corner. They'll scrub just a little bit going out of the turn and Earnhardt goes back on the lead lap. And in this case, it looked like the inside was a good place to be. Elliott tried to get back underneath him going into three, but Earnhardt clearly has the spot. He's unlapped himself. Elliott's still the race leader with Brett Bodine second. That car handles so well on the low side of the racetrack, it's almost scary. Dale Earnhardt with Bill Elliott right behind him. Elliott is the race leader. Brett Bodine doing a great job in the Junior Johnson Chevy. Two lengths behind Bill Elliott's Ford, running second. Then we've got the lapped car of Kenny Schrader with the third place man being Morgan Shepard. Riding in fourth right now is Dave Marcus. Fifth belongs to Kyle Petty. Back in sixth position, that's Neil Bonnet. Seventh is Rusty Wallace. The eighth position is Richard Petty. Then back to ninth spot right now. There's a good tussle going on in that pack of traffic. Benny Parsons. Looks like Benny has that spot for the moment, but the challenge is coming from Harry Gant, who started this race on the pole, fell back to about ninth or tenth, and has been there for the duration. Harry just can't can't seem to get around Benny Parsons as that battle continues. Also a good battle for fourth now. Dave Marcus, who has fourth, moves inside of the third place, running Quaker State Buick of Morgan Shepard, and here comes Kyle Petty. He's there in fifth. A good three-way battle for third spot on back, back to the straight. You can't run three wide coming out of the corner here at Bristol, but they almost did it for just a split second, and then cool thinking took over and said, hey, no way. They're in the back straight. Well, that's a tremendous battle. Remember, this was going on when the yellow came out a few moments ago. Shepard on the high line. Marcus down on the low line. Doorpost to doorpost. Kyle Petty had tried to go three wide. Now he's going to let them sort that out before he makes his next move. Shepard is hanging on to that spot, but Marcus is all over him. Now Marcus with a little advantage as they come out onto the back stretch, and he may get that spot as they go off into turn three. Now here comes Shepard back around the outside. Dave Marcus has twice finished third here at the Bristol Raceway over the years. He is now to the inside of Morgan Shepard again. They battle for third in turn two. Morgan's car really works up there. He's managing to hang on pretty well, but they are losing ground to the lead pack as they continue that side-by-side battle. Likewise, they're holding up a real pack behind them, including Kyle Petty, Rusty Wallace, and Richard Petty, Neil Bonnet. That's the best race on the speedway. They have been door-to-door for the last seven or eight laps around this racetrack, neither one giving an inch. Kyle Petty's kind of afraid to get right up there in it because it looks like any minute these two may turn around and go backwards they're still door to door up through three and four Marcus down to the inside Shepard in an outside groove and they smoke those tires out of turn four and they're still side by side down in turns one and two every time they peel it off into turn three here it looks like a replay of the Bodine Allison thing a moment ago we wait for the sparks of the fire to fly but now they settle in as it appears that Marcus has dropped down a little lower on the racetrack and given that spot to Shepard for the moment Everybody watching Brett Bodine, who continues to hound away right in the tire tracks of Bill Elliott. Let's not forget, albeit not in this type of a race car, not in Junior Johnson's cars, but Brett Bodine does have victories in Bush Grand National events here at Bristol, Tennessee. So he's no stranger to the high banks. Elliott leads. Brett Bodine is still second. That third place battle again, and joined by Dave Marcus and Morgan Shepard. Fifth place, it's Kyle Petty. 
Post-quarter racing continuing here at Bristol. Kenny Schrader and Brett Bodine nearly tagged the wall coming off turn four. Morgan Shepard and Dave Marcus just about scraping it each time through the turn. 100 laps, one-fifth of the way home, and it's still Bill Elliott showing the way here at Bristol. And from Bristol Raceway, this is MRN, the Motor Racing Network. If your vehicle isn't stopping like it used to, visit O'Reilly Auto Parts for the Spring Break Deals event. Take advantage of the O'Reilly Auto Parts Do It Right rebate and get a $20 O'Reilly gift card by mail when you buy a set of Break Best Select pads and a pair of rotors. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. From the racetrack to the road home, fill up with Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. Sunoco makes high-quality performance fuels for the greatest drivers in the world, both on and off the track. Whether you are pulling up to the pump or experiencing the excitement of being at the track on race day, this will be a four-tire change. They've already topped it off with Sunoco fuel. Side service complete, second can of Sunoco fuel in. He's down and away. You can trust Sunoco to be the fuel that keeps you going. Capture the essence of racing and fill up with the official fuel of NASCAR, Sunoco. Back at the Bristol International Raceway, and the fans are eating it up with a spoon because Bill Elliott is the leader in the Valleydale 500 this afternoon. He's put a little daylight on the second-place car right now, which is Brett Bodine. Still riding third is Dave Marcus, fourth is Kyle Petty, and fifth is Morgan Shepard. A moment ago on that round of pit stops over in the back straightaway there, there was a little problem. Trouble out of turn number four for Richard Petty and Harry Gant as they got together coming down to the apron of the track. They keep it in the straight line and keep the cars in race traffic, and we will remain under green, but a close call for these two. We're about to say there was a problem in Phil Parsons' pits a moment ago, and Ned Jarrett can update us. Yes, there was, uh, Barney, a good friend of the Jarrett family. Andy Petrie uh, had a leg injury. We won't tell us that. No, his mother, Francis, said there was nothing real serious. We're checking him over here at the infield hospital, and uh, he should be okay. But uh, Andy Petrie did have a leg injury. We've had uh, pit problems the last couple of weekends over at North Wilkesboro. There was a problem over there also, but nothing serious, thank goodness. 108 laps are complete here at Bristol, Tennessee, as right now, Bill Elliott's short track program looks awfully good. Remember, Dale Earnhardt got a lap down. He has got himself back on the tail end of that lead lap right now, and since he has gotten around the leader, Bill Elliott, he is almost a straightaway ahead, so he is the fastest car on the speedway. Barney, uh, Kenny Schrader's running off the fast, too. He just moved around Bill Elliott and got his lap down. Right, Kenny Schrader was two laps down, and as Ned said, he gets by Bill Elliott to regain one of those two laps. So Schrader, he was telling me yesterday about how the short track program is going for car number 90. Uh, the two short tracks we've run so far this year, we, we had trouble both times, so we don't really know how fast we are capable of going yet, but uh, I don't understand exactly why, but uh, we seem to have our speedway program a little more geared up than our short track program. Uh, as far as myself and uh, driver experience, I would think that I would feel better on the short tracks, but I feel maybe a little better on the speedways. So Kenny Schrader, he's going to do it any way he can. He's a talented race car driver. 2.7 seconds right now separate first and second position, and Brett Bodine is beginning to pick up a little bit on the leader, Bill Elliott. I think he is not running quite as well as he was a moment ago. Elliott seems to have slowed just a little bit. The leader is off turn number two and heading up to three. And I think the real story here, Barney, is the fact that Earnhardt, after unlapping himself from Elliott, granted Elliott's been able to pull away two, three seconds on second place, but in that same period of time, Earnhardt has pulled away by four from the leader, Elliott. Earnhardt is still about three-quarters of a lap behind, but by far the fastest car on the racetrack. Elliott, with that nice separation back to Brett Bodine, who's doing a good job now. He has his hands full with Dave Marcus, the third-place car, and Kyle Petty is right there with a good run in four. Jerry Cranmer back on 
on the racetrack. Elmo Langley and the crew getting car number 64, the Sunny King machine, back in racing trim. So Jerry Cranmer, the New Jersey driver, is back on the racetrack. But the leader cars now working off turn number two. Brett Bodine, Dave Marcus, Kyle Petty, they are second, third, and fourth. Closing in in a hurry now again, Morgan Shepard, Rusty Wallace, and a good battle between Jeff Bodine to the inside of Richard Petty. That's the one they're watching now in turn one. Bodine's car obviously healed up after the incident with Allison and running very strong as he picks up that spot cleanly from Richard Petty. Your second place man, Brett Bodine, peels it off into turn three. About uh, eight cars all stacked up their nose to tail from second on back. That battle would have been for seventh position at Brett not Brett Bodine, but Jeff Bodine will take that over. There's a, quite a knot of cars racing along there from about six on back from Morgan Shepard, Rusty Wallace, Jeff Bodine, Richard Petty, and Harry Gant are all in that water traffic. There's some hard racing going on back in the tail end of the field also, and not a lot of folks think about it because they watch the front pack battle all afternoon, but there's some of the cars back there that are really having a battle. Dale Jarrett's been in the thick of things with Jimmy Means, Mike Waltrip, and Eddie Beerswall. They've been having a pretty good race going on among themselves, and then a lot of times folks don't really think about it as we said, but the racing back there sometimes, whether it's for 15th or 20th position, is just as hard as it is up front. been some good battles going on in that, and we'll follow a few of them a little bit later for you this afternoon as they develop. Earnhardt is just slicing through traffic like everybody's just pulling over and letting him go. Of course, they aren't, but his car is just working that well. He passes them where he catches them on this speedway, whether it be right out against the wall or the apron of the racetrack. And every driver we've talked to all week long here has said that has been a secret the way the car is handling. Kyle Petty is flying around the speedway right now as he gets under Jeff Bodine. No, he doesn't. Bodine's not about to give up that spot. Tremendous battle for that position. Mike Waltrip right there in the thick of that. Mike tangled a moment ago with uh, number 71, Dave Marcus. His car is all over the racetrack, and that's what's causing all that big scramble behind him. Kenny Schrader with another problem. Just missed the turn three wall and has now perhaps gone down to pit road or dropped back into the traffic as Schrader had another near miss, his second of the day. Well, it's too bad because he had made up one of the laps and was two down, but apparently has a right side power going down. So it's been a long, long day for Kenny Schrader already, and we're only 122 laps into the Valleydale 500. Situation is, Elliott is the leader. He has a healthy margin now of a full straightaway on young Brett Bodine, who is relief driving, and he's about to lose that spot right now as he'll drop back to third position, and his brother just took it away from him down in turns one and two. Sibling rivalry at his best. Jeff Bodine drove down to the inside, went around Brett. And Brett, who's running so strong here, remember he started dead last in the field, still solidly in third, about three car lengths behind his brother. Fourth is Dave Marcus, fifth Kyle Petty, sixth is Morgan Shepard, seventh is Rusty Wallace, Richard Petty is eighth, ninth belongs to Sterling Marlin, and Harry Gant is tenth. Eleventh place just now changing hands. Ricky Rudd takes eleventh from Benny Parsons, who is twelfth. Thirteenth is Neil Bonnet, fourteenth is Darrell Waltrip, fifteenth Alan Kowicki, and still showing on the lead lap in 16th, which, as he told us earlier, was one of his goals for the day, Bobby Hillen Jr. in the Miller American Buick. The running order remains unchanged, although race traffic again a factor as the lead cars close in on Jimmy Means in the turtle wax entry, but Bill Elliott negotiates around Jimmy Means with no problem. 127 laps are on the board. You have to give a lot of credit to young Brett Bodine. He climbed in Junior Johnson's car, relief driving for them over there last weekend. And a lot of folks would say, now you're in a car like Junior Johnson's, here's a chance to show what you can do. But that was not his thought. His thought was to go out there and do what they put him in the car for, to bring it home with a good 
top five or six solid place finish, keep the car out of trouble. He's a lot more comfortable in the car here this weekend, and we talked with him about his run at North Wilkesboro last weekend, and he said when he got out of the car, he was very disappointed at how he had performed, but after he thought about it, he didn't feel that way. That's exactly how I felt, Barney. You know, after the race was over, I, I didn't think we ran that well, but then when I got to watch it over again on TV and, and kind of recap what had happened, trouble in turn number two. Jimmy Means goes into the outside wall and it will put us under caution for the fifth time here this afternoon. Jimmy's car is coasting down toward Dave Despain. And he coasts to a stop. Dead center in the middle of the backstretch. Everybody moves down to the inside and gets by cleanly. Means' car just looked like it saw that wall and said here I come. He started drifting up high in turn one. He tried to correct the car. Just kept right on skating front end pushing and finally made contact with the wall. Once he got into it he turned the car up against the wall to keep it there. Did a nice job of keeping it from coming Coming back down the 36-degree banking and into traffic. Everybody buy it cleanly, but it looks like the number 52 car, that beautiful green turtle wax Pontiac, is pretty well beaten, battered here. It'll take a while to get him towed back in. He is another driver that has had an awful lot of hard luck in 1987. Ned, the racing down pit road is as good as it is on the racetrack. Yes, it is. Practically everybody came in for a four-tire change during this caution period, and Bill Elliott beat everybody out on this side. Brett Bodine came in behind him, but he was a little bit later getting out. Dale Earnhardt had come in, taken on right side tires. He'll come back now, take on left side tires. He had to catch up to the field before he came in. Richard Petty is in right now getting right side tires. They, too, will put left side tires on that car. Darrell Walker is back in. He took on right side tires a moment ago, getting left side tires now on the Tide machine. So is the Piedmont Airlines Oldsmobile of Sterling Marlin. Here comes... Alan Kowicki and the Z-Rex Ford. And, of course, those hitting on the back stretch, Bill Parkins, Dave Marcus, Dale Jarrett, and Buddy Arrington have also made pit stops over there, and they're back on the track. So this round of pit stops and this caution flag is going to set the whole complexion completely different for the Valleydale 500. Pit stops wrapping up for all the teams. We see work continuing on Bobby Allison's car. They've now got the Jimmy Means turtle wax car on the wrecker, and they're pulling him off the backstretch wall. So we should be able to get back to green flag racing here before much longer. If you were with us during yesterday's broadcast of the Budweiser 200 for the Bush Grand National Cars, we previewed for you the All-American Challenge Series event for NASCAR, which was run last night at the Lanier Raceway in Gainesville, Georgia. Bill Desmond of NASCAR's All-American Challenge Series joining us from his home in Prattville, Alabama this afternoon. How did it go last night, Bill? Eli, we had a tremendous Garrett Asphalt 150 last night. A lot of good excitement, a lot of tough door-to-door, wheel-to-wheel battles, just like you're having on the high banks of Bristol. Darrell Brown out of Birmingham, Alabama, picked up his first NASCAR win of 1987 last night, followed by Dave Mater, the two-time All-American champion, Ronnie Sanders, the current All-American Challenge Series point leader, finished third. And Jody Ridley in his Ford Thunderbird was fourth. Finishing in the fifth position was Stanley Smith out of Birmingham, Alabama. Of course, a tough break for Bobby Allison this afternoon. He had the Miller American Buick in sixth position last night at Lanier Raceway. I assume the folks there were rather receptive to the paving job. For the folks who don't know, that had been a dirt track, and it was paved for the very first time during the offseason. Did the show in its own right go off pretty well under the paving? Eli, you can't explain about Lanier Raceway to the race fans across America. One of the most beautiful racing facilities anywhere. Bud Lunsford each week has some 200 race cars in his facility. Last night, the house was packed standing room only, and of course, an outstanding event. Next week, the All-American Challenge Series will be at Highland Rim Speedway in 
Goodlettsville, Tennessee, for the Turbo Blue 150. All right, Bill Desmond, thank you. Bill from uh, his home in Prattville, Alabama, talking of last night's All-American Challenge Series race up in Lanier Raceway, won by Darrell Brown. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. We're standing by with Jimmy Means. They pulled the Turtle Wax automobile here. Pretty battered up on the right side. First of all, Jimmy, you okay? Yeah, Ned, I'm fine. It's, you know, it's probably the best car we've ever had. We're, I felt that we were running pretty good. We haven't got a lap or down or so. But the best car we ever had, we're running good. And I guess a, a, you know, a tire blew or something. Uh, it just, just went in the wall. Now, some of the steering mechanism is broke on it there now, but that could have happened after you hit the wall. Possibly, because, you know, it's, that wall is pretty hard, and, and you know, this ain't nothing going to hold up against it. Okay, Jimmy Means with another tough break here today. Well, it's changed the complexion of the running order here, other than the leader right now. The Elliott, good pit work, puts him back onto the speedway. He is in front. Jeff Bodine has assumed the number two position, back in third right now. Neil Bonnet, the fourth place, belongs to Brett Bodine. Riding fifth is Rusty Wallace. Sixth should be Morgan Shepard. Benny Parsons would be eighth. Ninth, Kyle Petty. And that car is flying for Petty here this afternoon. He's been dicing through traffic and really getting up there. The ninth position right now belongs to Ricky Rudd. Tenth would be Harry Gant. And Dale Earnhardt, who made a couple of pit stops there during this caution, should be the 11th place car. So look for him to come flying to the front as soon as they drop the green again. Kenny Schrader is now again showing two laps down, and he will try and stay in that situation when they finally do get back to green flag racing. Although, should Bill Elliott go past, Schrader would be yet another lap down. Be at least a couple of more laps or so as they finish cleanup operations over in the middle of the back straightaway before we'll be going back to green where Jimmy Means hit the wall a moment ago. If you just joined our broadcast, Jimmy is out of the car. He is okay, but the car is damaged so severely he will not be able to continue here this afternoon. We're talking with Brett Bodine just about the time that caution came out about his performance in Junior Johnson's Budweiser car last weekend. And he said he was very, very disappointed with the way he performed in the car, or he thought he was, when the race was first over. Then after Monday, he had a chance to watch a replay of it on some of the TV deals and whatever, and after that, he didn't feel that way anymore. That's exactly how I felt, Barney. You know, after the race was over, I, I didn't think we ran that well, but then when I got to watch it over again on TV and, and kind of recap what had happened, I realized that if we could have started in fifth spot, we probably would have never lost a lap all day, and that would have put us in, you know, a third or fourth place finish, which... Then I would have been really pleased. But all, all in all, you know, con all the considerations uh, taken into account as far as uh, conditions and circumstances I had to drive the car, I think we had a very successful day, a very successful day for the Johnson team because uh, they moved up two positions in the points, and, and that was our main goal there was to keep them in the points race, and if we could gain them spots, that would be a bonus. Well, they got a bonus up there, and he's doing a tremendous job in the car here this afternoon at Bristol. Really is. You know, there are a lot of guys who right now are – looking at Brett Bodine, waiting to see exactly what he can do. He's proven himself on the Bush Grand National Tour. This is a golden opportunity, and he's, uh, he's answering the call. He really is. Uh, he's also been one of those who's made some pretty cool moves out on the racetrack today. Uh, Harry Gant saved his car coming off uh, turn number four earlier, back in about the 12th lap. Uh, those are some of the fellows who will get consideration for the peak coolest move of the race award, which the MRN crew will be voting a bit later on today. We've got a good bit of money on the line for that, so uh, we'll update that story as the after afternoon continues but this is such a unique racetrack again if you're just joining us picture your local hometown half mile track with turns that are banked more steeply than talladega alabama or daytona beach florida i talked to ricky rudd about how tough it is to get around on this racetrack and pass somebody when you have to racing at bristol really is uh, can become more difficult than say some of the other half miles that we run on uh, as far as passing a guy that's running about the same speed as you are or uh, what becomes a problem is when you duck underneath a man like you would on any other short track, 
Usually you can duck underneath that race side of the side and usually gain position because you're on the bottom of the racetrack and then you can go on. At Bristol, when you run on the bottom or you run on the top, the thing that you have to be careful with is the bank. And for one thing, the cars are going so much quicker through the corners and then the track is not very smooth. It's real bumpy. It's real choppy. So you got to be real careful that when you're making a pass on somebody that your car doesn't hit one of those bumps just a little slight bit the wrong way. And if it does, it can take your car and actually bounce it into the man beside you. And I think most of the race and wrecks that we have here in Bristol is because of that same situation. It's a tough little racetrack, and you have to respect this place. It'll bite you real quick, just like Darlington and a half a dozen other places we go. 142 laps are in the book here at Bristol, Tennessee. It's going to be at least a couple more before we'll go back to green. NASCAR drivers know that the most important lap is the last lap. Because out of that last lap comes the one they're going to crown. The one with the winning spirit. And nobody knows that winning spirit better than Union 76. Because Union 76 has been the number one fuel of NASCAR winners for 32 years. And that winning spirit rides with you, too, every time you fill up at a Union 76 station. Go with the spirit. The winning spirit. Spirit of 76. A capacity crowd on hand today here at Bristol, Tennessee, watching the Valleydale Meets 500. It's been a dandy so far. The only cars that are out of the race, Bobby Allison got tangled up and hit the wall over in turn three a little bit early this afternoon. He and Jeff Bodine. Bodine was able to continue, but Allison has taken his car behind the wall. They continue to work on it there and may yet try to get him back in. Jimmy Means, a moment ago, the reason we're under caution right now, crashed in the middle of the back straightaway just coming off turn number two there and scrubbed along that wall all the way down through there. And Ronnie Thomas has taken his car behind the wall for a second time this afternoon. So it's going to be at least a couple more laps. A lot of debris put down over there as they're cleaning up and drying up the pits, taking an opportunity also here to get the pits very dry where the back pits were very wet earlier this morning. But a, a commendation certainly should go out to Larry Carrier and the people here at Bristol, Tennessee. I've been coming here, I guess, I only missed one race since 1961 when they opened this racetrack. And, Ned, I guess you've covered them all here also. But they keep doing little things at this racetrack, uh, for the fans particularly. The seating has been increased. The place is painted up. It looks a lot like Clay Earls, this little half-mile track up in Martinsville, Virginia, which has been so pretty over the years. But they have really done a job at this raceway as they keep making improvements race after. Every time we come here, they've done something good and better, not only for the fans but also for the drivers and everybody. They certainly have, Barney. It amazes me every time we come back here. It's such a beautiful setting here in the hills of Tennessee. And then with all the work that they continue to do here, it is one of the more pleasant places to come to because of the, the beautiful scenery and the beautiful track. I'm just standing outside the hospital here, Barney, where they took uh, Andy Petrie to treat him, I'll say, and the rescue squad members say that he apparently has a sprained ankle. He was going around to change a tire on Phil Parsons' car, and he slipped and apparently sprained his ankle, so they're still uh, checking him out there in the hospital. So that doesn't sound to be too serious, and that certainly is good news. It's been that kind of a weekend for Bobby Allison. We've been talking about the the problems he's had on uh, the Miller American Buick so far today. He went fishing here on Thursday, something that Bobby likes to do, find a little fishing hole somewhere and spend a couple of hours if he can. And, uh, well, things in the fishing hole went kind of like they have been on the racetrack today. I got a chance to go out fishing with a a guide here, um, Chip Chambers, that's uh, really a a good young man and uh, fishing some in the tournaments and all. we got a chance to go out, but it was a pretty poor day. The uh, melted snow in the area from last week's terrible late spring storm uh, just really uh, messed the water up, and we didn't get too much. We did get a few fish, so, you know, a bad day at the river is better than a good day at work anytime. 
I guess that's a way to put it. Uh, a bad day at the lake is better than a good day at the office any time. Racing yesterday here at Bristol Raceway, Morgan Shepard picked up the victory in the Budweiser 200 for the Bush Grand National Cars. Jack Ingram, fine run for the uh, popular driver from Asheville, North Carolina, came home in second spot. Third went to Dale Jarrett. Fourth was Dale Earnhardt. Larry Pearson was fifth. Mark Martin, sixth, ahead of Jimmy Hensley, Mike Alexander, Tommy Houston, and Brett Bodine. An impressive run for Morgan Shepard yesterday. The race running some one hour and 25 minutes. And a good crowd. I think the best Saturday crowd I've seen here. Some 17,000 fans, the announced attendance. The biggest one I've ever seen in a lot of years here at Bristol. Now, the reason for this very lengthy caution flag, when Jimmy Means hit that concrete wall going out of turn number two, apparently he gouged some big chunks of concrete out of the wall, and that has sprayed all over the back straightaway and they even have the sweeper and the blower out there right now trying to get that cleaned up they can't afford to have any kind of stuff like that on the racetrack that would cut down one of the tires so it is going to be a little while yet before we get back to green so that'll give us time to take a look inside nascar have a tampa cigars presents inside nascar Hello, everyone. I'm Eli Gold. Today on Inside NASCAR, Morris Metcalf is our guest. He's the chief of NASCAR's timing and scoring. And, Morris, you have told me time and time again that scoring a race here at Bristol is the toughest assignment on the circuit. Many might automatically think it's tougher where the cars are going 215 miles an hour, like at Daytona or Talladega. Eli, the problem here is that you have a 16-second lap time and we're going to start probably 32 cars. Now, that's two cars per second. That's where, if you'll compare that to Daytona, that's the Daytona turns about 43 seconds. That's the equivalent of 86 cars running at Daytona. And if you compare it that way, it's the number of cars per second that makes it so difficult here. Who assists you? What goes on in the scoring stand, not only here but anywhere, so as to keep up with exactly who's in front and who does what after a series of green flag pit stops and the like. We have a team score that is given by each team. They send one team score to us. We then uh, supply a volunteer score so that we have two scores for each car. I have helping me a uh, two rundown people, a caution tape person, uh, four to six pit stop checkers, an assistant score, I have uh, a lap leader person, I have the hard charger people, and I have about 11 or 12 people. Here we'll use about 60 car scores, so total I'll have some 70 people engaged in, oh, and then in addition to that, we'll have one person providing the MRN information, one for press information, one for TV information, so it's a, a little city over there. What exactly goes on? The cars start, they're round and round and round, lap after lap. How do you keep track of who's in what position? The basic system which we have used for a number of years is uh, a digital readout clock and the each score has a card marked off in squares that represents the laps of the race. Each time their car comes by they mark the time down and that represents the total elapsed time in seconds since the start of the race. Each 10 laps of the race we have an update where they flash their cards to a rundown person, and that gives you the unofficial order. Because of the competition, the way we have it today, we've added a tape person who runs a tape of all the cars in the lead lap on every lap of every race. And it's uh, 
that person backs me up, and particularly under green flag stops, which are the most difficult job we have in particularly a short track where all of the cars may pit within a space of five to six laps. Well, this race director has to know immediately who that lead car is. If the yellow flag comes out in the middle, we can't be like a, a stick and ball sport where you can have a conference and you stop play. We don't stop the play in motorsports while I decide who's on first and what's on second. Now, a baseball box score lets you recreate basically what happened in a given ball game. What happens if after a race somebody complains and says, hey, we weren't a lap down, or we finished fifth and not eighth, as you have it? Uh, how easy or difficult is it to recreate what has happened on the track through the use of those scoring cards? Eli, the cards tell a story, and if you can, they leave an audit trail, an accountant would say, you can go through by the series of checks and balances we have. If a car has missed a lap, I can then go to the pit stop and see if he was on in the pits. If he was not, by deduction, I can determine that he was left out a lap on the card. If by chance you're turning uh, 16 second laps here and all of a sudden somebody has a lap more than the others and I find that there's two eight second laps, well, I know there's been a lap mistakenly placed in. Generally, where the people miss laps are the first lap by after they've been in the pits. That's where you'd probably have the miss, and we can check our out pit time, and then we check our tapes uh, from the caution tape person. That's Morris Metcalf, and I'm Eli Gold for Inside NASCAR. Inside NASCAR has been brought to you by Have a Tampa and Tampa Nugget Cigars. Listen for the Close But No Cigar Award later in this broadcast. We're back under green here at Bristol, Tennessee, and from third position on back, that's where the fire has been for the last four or five laps. It has been a dandy back there. The leader is still Bill Elliott. About a half a second behind him right now is Jeff Bodine, but from third on back, that's where Brett Bodine rides in the third position. He's being challenged right now by Rusty Wallace. Also in the thick of that battle is Ricky Rudd and Dale Earnhardt. They're in three. And Brett Bodine had to really scramble to get into that spot. He had to pass Rusty Wallace and did so with a lot of style. It took about three or four laps to get it done, but Bodine is driving a very very strong race. Three spots behind him. Dale Earnhardt is charging up from his 11th place on the restart. He's headed for the front. Another car that is falling back is Neil Bonnet. He has dropped just about a 10 to a dozen positions here in the last five or six laps. The car was going back in that uh, much of a marked situation. And now off turn number four, Neil is being bypassed by Richard Petty. But that second place battle on back is back on the rear straightaway. And as they come down the backstretch, Bodine leading Wallace by about a car length. Ricky Rudd is three lengths back, and here comes Dale Earnhardt inside Ricky Rudd to take a spot. And Earnhardt is picking his way through traffic very slowly. The car does not seem to be working quite as well as it was earlier here this afternoon, but he may just be biding his time. He has plenty of time to get things done here at Bristol, Tennessee. Earnhardt, remember, went a lap down, made it back up, and is now working his way back to the front of the pack. Leader is Elliott. He heads off into turn number one, about five car lengths. Back to Jeff Bodine, the second-place machine. Good battle going on for third right now. Here comes Rusty Wallace underneath Brett Bodine off turn two. And he's got that spot back. Those two really haven't added. Wallace, of course, the defending champion in this race, doesn't want to let the rookie Bodine have the spot and takes it away to lead by about a car length over Bodine with Earnhardt now two lengths back in fifth. 
So Wallace is third, Bodine is fourth. Here comes Dale Earnhardt. He's tightly in fifth. Sixth is Ricky Rudd. Seventh is Kyle Petty. Eighth, Morgan Shepard. Dave Marcus runs in the ninth spot. And tenth is Benny Parsons. We're under caution at Bristol, Tennessee. There's been a hard crash down in turns one and two involving five cars. Dave Marcus and Benny Parsons going into the corner. Both slammed into the outside wall. And before it was all over, Sterling Marlin got into it. So did Darrell Waltrip and so did Alan Kulwicki. Ned Jarrett's in that vicinity. Well, Darrell Waltrip has just been in the pits. He's going out. Apparently not too much damage to him. He spun the car around. It sounded like that Marcus ran over something, Barney, and cut a tire and almost immediately, you heard a loud boom, and almost immediately another tire blew. So both of his right side tires blew and it slammed him into the wall. The other drivers were running so close to him. Of course, uh, as people started putting on their brakes, there was some tapping by others behind him. Couldn't see it in time or get stopped in time. So that was what caused the others to spin around. Benny Parsons really hit that wall. The car is sitting down on the apron of the racetrack over there. The safety and the ambulance crews are there attending to Parsons. Now, we understand that Marcus has climbed out of his car, so apparently Dave will be all right. We'll get word on Benny just as quickly as we can. Again, the cars involved, Benny Parsons and Dave Marcus, the first two getting into problems going into the number one turn, and Sterling Marlin also involved in it. Darrell Waltrip looked to suffer a little sheet metal damage, as Ned said, and also Alan Kulwicki. Let's go back to Ned. Well, the, the racetrack is pretty well clear right now, Barney, as those cars bounce back down onto the to the inside of the racetrack and out of the groove, but certainly a lot of damage done to the Marcus and the Benny Parsons cars. Now, as, as uh, Barney mentioned, Dave Marcus is walking around, and they are continuing to uh, check on the Folgers machine. And now we see Benny Parsons having just climbed out of car number 35. So the drivers are both okay, and that is good news. We also have had some pit stops here. Neil Bonnet bringing the Valvoline Pontiac down pit road for now the third time. So too Harry Gant for his second pit stop. Travis Carter and the crew going to work on the number 33 car. The uh, Butch Mock Bob Rahilly efforts going to work on Neil Bonnet. We had talked that the Valvoline Pontiac had been dropping back just a bit, but we are under caution. If you're just joining us, this is for the sixth time today. The caution came out on lap number 169. Neil Bonnet talks about just how tough an accident is on a race car here at Bristol. You can have a wreck on this racetrack. It's just as bad as any super speedway wreck you'll ever have. You know, we lose a lot of cars here. I lost one at Juniors here last year when the throttle hung wide open. It's the kind of racetrack right here in practice we saw a couple of cars just totally wiped out. And if you got the car right, you can run good here. If it's off a little bit, you're in trouble. And a lot of those cars have been in trouble all afternoon. Again, the, all the drivers apparently are out of the cars and will be all right, but not so for the machines that went into the wall. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. Well, Benny Parsons' car now is being hooked up to the wrecker, and he is out of the car, and we'll get a word with him in a moment. Dave Marcus is out of his car walking around surveying the damage and a lot of damage to his car, and we'll get to him in just a moment. So both those cars will not be able to continue. That is obvious. Ronnie Thomas went back out of the racetrack. He's made a couple of extended stays behind the pit wall. Has been in and out of the speedway a couple of times this afternoon. Bobby Allison is out of it for the day, along with Jimmy Means, Benny Parsons, and Dave Marcus. One of the other cars involved in that melee, who is now back and running, was Darrell Waltrip. But the Tide Chevrolet came to a stop off turn number two for a while before he was able to get it refired. The crew, Waddell Wilson and the rest, now awaiting the Tide Chevrolet showing some damage to the right rear of the car, and Darrell did lose a lap in that exchange. Two badly bruised race cars have been moved out of turn one, Benny Parsons and Dave Marcus. Let's check back in with Ned Jarrett. We're standing by with Dave Marcus, driver of the Lifeboy Automobile. Dave, first, are you okay? Yeah, I'm all right, Ned. Get that wall off the heart. 
Uh, I think I cut a right front tire. Uh, I was still kind of on the straightaway yet, and I went in the corner and just boom. Apparently it was cut or something that let go, and uh, we run so fast here at Bristol. Uh, just isn't really anything you can do. It's just bang into the wall, and even though we have the inner liners in the tire, I notice the inner liner still is up, but, you know, you just it happens so quick. You had a good run going today. Ned, uh, the car was running real good. Uh, I was very comfortable in the car. Uh, uh, you know, it's one thing to be running good and running good out of shape, but the car was comfortable, and I wasn't all over the racetrack and thought that we could get a good finish today. Okay, sorry to see you have that tough luck. The green's about to fall again, Marty. Just amazing that when Marcus's car is really hooked up, he seems to have a problem, and it's happened to him here again today. He has been the hard luck driver over the years in NASCAR. 178 laps are on the board. Pace cars behind the pit wall. Elliott ready to haul him off into turn number one. He is the leader. Back in second spot is Jeff Bodine. Rusty Wallace is third. Earnhardt's fourth. Fifth is Brett Bodine, and sixth right now is Ricky Rudd. They get off into turn number one. Some good side-by-side racing going off that corner and up the back chute. Elliott gets the good restart and holds off Jeff Bodine's attempt to take the lead. Rusty Wallace tucks right in behind him. Earnhardt now scrambling to get through traffic because he's got Slick Johnson a lap down to contend with. Now he moves into a clean four. So Earnhardt now is in fourth position, trying to hold in right behind Rusty Wallace. Morgan Shepard taking the high line still. He's running back in seventh spot. But the lead car, Bill Elliott coming off turn number four has all sorts of company because Jeff Bodine, Rusty Wallace, and now within just three car lanes, Dale Earnhardt, they're all there. And Darrell Waltrip suddenly showing a lot of smoke as he works through turns three and four. That car battered a little bit in that last altercation that brought out the yellow flag. The leaders are off into turn three with Elliott, Bodine, and Wallace running one, two, three. Understand they're going to black flag Darrell Waltrip. The battle on the racetrack will be from fifth on back as Brett Bodine works off into turn number one. He's trying to hold off Ricky Rudd right now and Kyle Petty. They're in the middle of the back straightaway. In between that battle is the number 90 car of Kenny Schrader, who's a couple of laps down after a tough day today. He's trying to get a lap back from Ricky Rudd as they work up onto the front straightaway. As the cars work back into the corner, Darrell Waltrip with left rear damage on the fender. It's borne in on against the tire. So for his benefit, they're black flagging Waltrip, and the crew will go to work to try and peel that fender back. Still the leader is Bill Elliott. He's got three cars right behind him, and now Brett Bodine has broken free from traffic. He'll make it a tight five-car battle for the lead in one. Elliott has to be very pleased with the way things are going here today. He's been uh, near the front all day, has led much of this race uh, since one of those early caution flags when he was able to pick up the lead. Now he's going to be heavily challenged as they come back up the front straightaway by Bodine and Wallace. They have put an awful lot of work in their short track program, and they said they missed the gear combination last week at North Wilkesboro after he started on the pole over there after a record pole position run, but he felt like he'd be in good shape here today. We talked to Bill Elliott as to whether he approaches this track as a short track or more as a super speedway. Both. I mean, you got to look at it as a short track from one standpoint, but it's a super speedway from another standpoint. And it, it's hard to get that fine line of where you leave off the, the speedway part and get on the short track part. There's problems here on the front straightaway as Phil Parsons tags the outside retaining wall. He spins towards pit road, also leaving some debris on the front stretch. We are under caution now for the seventh time on lap number 187. Phil Parsons, the reason why. Boy, quite, a bit of, excuse me, Barney, quite a bit of damage to the front end of the Copenhagen Oldsmobile. Uh, we can see as he's headed the wrong way at the end of pit road here. The NASCAR official trying to get him to come on in this direction, but the car won't move, as Phil says. And incidentally, while we're talking about him, we have a report that Andy Petrie, who was injured earlier here today, a sprained ankle, is back in his pits over there, so he's okay. 
or members of his family. Seventh caution of the day at lap 187 coming out of the racetrack when Phil Parsons hit the inside retaining wall. His car has come to rest down at the exit of Pitt Road, and they're trying to get it moved out of the way. Let's go back to Pitt Road, Ned Jarrett. Well, Phil Parsons finally gets the Copenhagen Oldsmobile fired, and crew members are pushing it back over to the back side where he's going to get some service and hoping to get him back in the race. Benny Parsons had just walked out of the hospital, saw his brother uh, with the problems that he's having here. First, Benny, are you okay? Well, I think so, Ned. Uh, I really hit that wall a ton over in the first and second corner, and when I hit the wall, uh, my head went backwards, I guess, or sideways, and I either hit the headrest or a roll bar or something, and I got a little bit of a headache, but other than that, I feel fine. Well, we're sorry to see you have that luck. It looked like you was running pretty decent here. Yeah, it was not that bad. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was, it's probably the best we've been on a short track this year, and, you know, I, I just feel so sorry for Harry and the guys because this is two cars in three races, and, I mean, this one is really injured. It's I mean, it's not a bruised fender. It's really hurt because I hit the wall a ton. You were a victim of circumstances there. Well, yeah. I, I mean, there was something on the racetrack. I have no idea what it was. And I saw Dave Marcus, or I heard Dave Marcus blow the right rear tire. I heard the boom inside my car. It was loud. And I saw him go sideways, and I realized what he had done. Uh, I'm telling 30 seconds to tell a story that lasted about a second. But when I saw him go sideways, I said, oops, he blew a right rear tire. And about that time, I ran over whatever it was. I blew a right rear tire. And from then on, it was just hold on. Well, Benny, we're glad to see that you're out here walking around making it. Well, you can replace those race cars, and thank goodness Benny Parsons is all right because he really did get a piece of that wall. Set to go back to green this turnaround. Morgan Shepard is the leader. Alan Kowicki is posted in the number two spot. Sterling Marlin third and fourth right now. Neil Bonnet there in turn three. New faces up front as a result of the uh, pit stops during that caution. Dale Earnhardt is back in sixth spot, and Bill Elliott is seventh. They were running first and fourth when the caution flagged, so they should be headed for the front. We'll see if Morgan Shepard can hang on to the lead. For you Darrell Waltrip fans, he is four laps down as they go back to green flag racing. Morgan Shepard shows the way into the corner and now trying to pick his way around Kenny Schrader is Alan Kowicki, but Schrader holds Kowicki back by a couple of car lanes, picking their way through traffic. Sterling Marlin is running third. Neil Bonnet will see how well the Raymont crew got that car back together, and Neil takes the outside with Rusty Wallace and Dale Earnhardt continuing to follow their way through race traffic, but as they all chase down behind Morgan Shepard, the leader... Harold Kinder is going to have a sore arm, the flagman of NASCAR here this afternoon, from waving the yellow. We're under caution again. It came out just as we took the cutaway there a moment ago. Mike Waltrip spun, coming off turn number two, tagged the wall very lightly over there, so he is the reason for the caution. He is just coasting on around the racetrack here now, and at about the same time, a lot of smoke out of Bobby Hillen's car, and Ned Jarrett can update us there. And actually, there was fire under the car, Barney, as he went around. Apparently, he has an oil line. We're standing in his pits, and they have the left side jacked up. The crew members are trying to see if they can see what is wrong. The fire is gone now, and he has the car. Well, he did have it fired. It's died now, but they're trying to see what the problem is, and it's possible that maybe he was losing some oil out there, and that was the reason that Mike Waltrip spun around. Uh, Bobby Hillen has already lost one lap during this caution period on this pit stop, and they're letting the jack down right now, about to let the hood down. We don't know if that'll be final for him or not, and we'll stay here for a moment and check it out. 197 laps are on the board. We're three away from... Uh, no, we're not three away. I'm thinking it's 400 laps. It's 500 laps here today, so we're still away. It's 250 laps. We'll make up the halfway mark in the Valleydale 500. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. Bobby Hillen has pulled the Miller American Buick behind the wall. Bobby, what's wrong? I don't know, Ned. I was racing with Sterling Marlin, and uh, I was up high, and we got together and uh, got some sheet metal up against the tire, and 
Uh, then we got everything fixed up and got racing again, and the motor started really smoking. I'm not really sure what's the matter with it right now, but uh, I'd just like to thank Miller and Buick and PRW and Penzoil. They've given us a lot of support this year, and we're trying real hard, and hopefully we'll get things going again. Okay, he's out of it. The green flag about to fly again. 199 laps go up on the board here at Bristol, Tennessee. They'll cut them loose on green at lap 200. And we've had a little bit of everything in the Valleydale race this afternoon. Pace car is behind the pit wall. Young Sterling Marlin is the leader in the Piedmont Airlines machine here this afternoon. And that's another team that has really kind of been in a slump. It got off to a slow start this season. It'll be a good positive thing for them if they can lead a few laps of this race. Good restart for him as he pulls away by about five car lengths over in turn three. Sterling got a fast start of the restart there, Barney, as he put the jump on Kenny Schrader, who remains a couple of laps down, but has a very fast car. He remains right up there in that lead pack in all these restarts, trying to get a couple of those laps back. Marlon leading. Schrader is a lap down, running second on the racetrack. Then comes the second-place man in the race. That would be the Morgan Shepard car chased by the 27 of Rusty Wallace. And that's the battle for second now as Shepard goes high in the banking of turn four. Back to the stripe. Wallace tucks to the inside of the Quaker State Buick. And as Morgan again climbs the banking in turn two, Rusty inherits second place. Meanwhile, Dale Earnhardt comes around Neil Bonnet to pick up the fourth spot and sets his sights on the lead battle. Bonnet will drop to fifth. Bill Elliott is the sixth place car. And if Shepard had been able to stay low on the racetrack this afternoon, possibly they set the car up to run a little bit high, but it has turned out to be a disadvantage for him because that's where everyone is diving underneath him in the middle of the corner and he's losing a lot of positions. The leader is Sterling Marlin. He is flying right now. He has opened up at least three seconds of daylight on everyone else. As they work back into turn number one, Rusty Wallace rides in the number two position. Earnhardt's working on Wallace for that second spot. Couldn't get underneath him. Took a look on the outside, but for just a moment. Earnhardt made a clean pass on Morgan Shepard a lap ago. Quickly puts two or three car lengths on him. Now goes to the outside as he works on Wallace for the number two spot coming off turn four. So Rusty holds down that position. Dale Earnhardt is right behind him, then Morgan Shepard, Neil Bonnet, and Bill Elliott. Let's check in on Pit Road. Well, Phil Parsons is still sending him to Copenhagen Oldsmobile. He's talking to crew members here right now. He was the victim of circumstances out there when Bobby Hillen mentioned that he and Sterling Marlin got together. Phil was right behind him, and he got tapped, and that's what sent him in a spill with Ben. He's uh, still sitting in the car. Is he going to be able to get it repaired, Phil? Well, I think so, Ned. I'm not sure what's wrong. Something's wrong with the drive train. I think it's probably the gear. We're going to try to you know, probably change the gear if the gear is bad. I think everything else will be all right. Okay, he's still sitting in it with his helmet on, raring to go. Sterling Marlin continues to lead, but Dale Earnhardt's charging up towards the point in a hurry. He has gotten by Rusty Wallace, who is now third. Morgan Shepard runs fourth. Bill Elliott maintains fifth. Sixth is Jeff Bodine, ahead of Kyle Petty, seventh. Eighth is Ricky Rudd. Ninth place is a battle now, won by, at least for the moment, Brett Bodine, ahead of the tenth place runner, Neil Bonnet, with Richard Petty, 11th. Would you believe we're under caution again here at Bristol, Tennessee? We are this time for Eddie Beerswall's spin. Down between turns one and two, car came to rest at the apron of the track, and not that much damage didn't appear to be on Beerswall's car, but he puts us under the ninth one of the day at lap 213. Eli? So as the field works under caution, some of the cars that we had been talking about earlier that have either returned to the race or at least have finally parked it, Bobby Hillen Jr.'s car being worked on uh, behind the wall. Jimmy Means is out of the event. Bobby Allison is back now being shown some 98 laps in arrears. Ronnie Thomas, Dave Marcus, Benny Parsons, and Phil Parsons still repairs on that car. Rusty Wallace is on pit road, and Ned the Hood goes up on the Pontiac. And so does it go up on Harry Gantz, uh, Skull Bandit Chevrolet. We'll check both of those out and get back to you, Eli. 
All right. Don't forget at the conclusion of today's Valley Dale 500, Barney and I will be selecting a Have a Tampa Close But No Cigar Award. The driver, crew chief, or crew member who gets that award will be awarded $200 from Have a Tampa Cigars today. Let's go back to Pit Road and Ned. But they're making some sort of an adjustment on the left front on Harry Gant's uh, Skull Bandit car. Wayne uh, Bumgarner just was handed one of those uh, sledgehammer-type deals but didn't get a chance to use it. They have to put the hood down, get him back out before he loses the lap. And Russell Wallace is already back out. We'll check and see if we can... Uh... Wayne, what's the problem? Replacing a shock. Okay, a shock absorber apparently has gone bad, so that's what they're doing on Harry Gant's car. That was Wayne Bumgarner, one of the crew members. So all kinds of problems developing on many of the top cars here this afternoon. But, Ned, thus far, the race has really not taken on any particular complexion like one car being able to be dominant here this afternoon. It was a surprise to see Sterling Marlin get out there and just put daylight on the field. Shepard has done it off and on, and Earnhardt has not been that strong, but he hasn't been that weak either. There have been a lot of cars that's running about the same speed here, Barney. And, of course, the number of cautions that we've had has been let everybody have an opportunity to come in and make adjustments on the cars if they need them, and also to certainly stay in the lead lap. And so there's just so many cars that are running so close together, and you're right, I haven't seen a dominant car so far. 216 laps on the board. Here's the pace car coming off the banking up in turn number four. It'll be a double-file restart. The leader is still Sterling Marlin. Behind him, Dale Earnhardt and Morgan Shepard and Bill Elliott. They're the top four. As they drop the green, they take it back into turn number one, and Kenny Schrader is the first car a lap down on the inside trying to get himself a couple of those laps back that he went down early this afternoon. And Marlin again gets a good jump on the restart. Just an absolute repeat of the last restart as Marlin comes out just to digging with Kenny Schrader a lap down right behind him. But this time it's Earnhardt in the number two spot. Let's see if he can get back to the lead here. As they work their way into the corner, Earnhardt is within five or six car lanes at this point. Those Schrader still acts as the buffer between the two. And right behind them, Morgan Shepard, Bill Elliott, Jeff Bodine, who's taking the higher line. Then Kyle Petty and Ricky Rudd all continue to chase down Sterling Marlin. But the Piedmont Airlines Oldsmobile flying right now. Marlin definitely with a good combination, and it has emerged here through this series of pit stops. They've been working on that car, adjusting it, and they've really got it dialed in now. He is definitely the quickest car out there as he starts to put a little daylight again between himself and Earnhardt. And there are quite a few of the top cars started toward the tail end of the field. Neil Bonnet has had a frustrating day here in his Valvoline machine. He's been hot and cold, but right now he's a little bit cold as he's way in the back of the pack trying to get out of a lap car or two there, trying to work his way back to the front. Darrell Walter has had a totally frustrating day here. Morgan Shepard, again, in that outside groove, racing with Bill Elliott this time. They'll come off the corner door-to-door, head back into turn number one. That's a good battle on the speedway. Let's follow it around. And we've seen Morgan Shepard running the top all day long. It seems to cost him positions, and yet he stays up there. Bill Elliott has taken that third spot away from Morgan. Now here comes Bodine working up to the inside, and they almost got three wide as Bodine picks up a position. So as they work back to the stripe, Bodine moves to the inside. Kyle Petty now trying to duck beneath Morgan Shepard as again Morgan climbs the banking. Ricky Rudd couldn't get by that time, but he's close. Morgan sliding backwards as Petty is by cleanly, and Ricky Rudd will be the next to try. That is now the race for sixth spot. Directly ahead of them, side by side, go Elliott and Bodine, and Bodine picks up a position. He'll go up to third. Bodine seems to get stronger also, but Elliott comes charging back on him out of turn number two. Bobby Allison's mini lap down automobile drops to the inside to give him a little racing room, and Elliott's going to lose a couple of spots there or a couple of 
car lengths back on Jeff Bodine as they work back into turn number one. Earnhardt is right behind the leader out of turn number two. He bided his time, caught Kenny Schrader probably asleep a little bit here in the front straightaway to get around him, and he goes after the leader in turn three. And so young Sterling Marlin really feels the pressure now. Earnhardt is right there. Again, the 90 car of Kenny Schrader has been the spoiler in all that. A couple of laps down for some time now. Once Earnhardt got by him, he went right up to the rear deck of Sterling Marlin. Now they come up the backstretch, peel him off into turn three, the separation about a car length, but Earnhardt looks like he's ready to pounce. Earnhardt really closes in through the banking, but coming off the corner, Marlin getting as good of a jump down the straightaways as is Earnhardt. All the while, though, these two have pulled away from third place Jeff Bodine. They are really opening up the gap. In fact, it is now nearly a length of a straightaway here, and we've just run about five or six laps under this green flag. Two quick cars out front. Bodine is in third spot. Elliott trying to hold off Kyle Petty for fourth and fifth. About two and a half seconds back to the third-place car, which is Jeff Bodine. Then Bill Elliott drifts along there. A couple of Ford Thunderbirds tussling for the fourth position. Kyle Petty is the other one in that spot right now as they work back into turn three. And as they peel it off, Petty moving down to the low side, looking at Elliott but not making a move. Shepard dropping down off that characteristic high line in his battle with Ricky Rudd. 20 laps from the halfway mark. Sterling Marlin continues to lead here in Bristol. Let's get an update on pit road. Ned Jarrett. Well, we had a little extra pit activity down here, Eli Gold. The Jeff Bodine Levi Garrett team decided they wanted to move down where Benny Parsons was. Now that Benny is out of the pits, they had moved most of their equipment down there. But NASCAR says, nope, you pick your pits. That's before this race ever started, you got to go back to where you were. It's a little more crowded up there where they are, and uh, so now they got to move them back. We mentioned during that caution that Rusty Wallace had the hood up on the Kodiak Pontiac. They switched ignitions on it. He said it had a slight miss as he was coming off of the corners, and they switched over to their alternative system, and so they say it's okay now. Ricky Rudd and Morgan Shepard contacted a little bit coming out of turn number four. That's a good race on the speedway right now. They're door-to-door off turn number two and heading up to Dave Despain. And that battle has been going on now for several laps as they continue to make contact. Meanwhile, Earnhardt moved up, put a fender inside of uh, Sterling Marlin for just a moment to let Sterling know that that lead is not very secure. Two good battles going on, one for the lead, the other for sixth spot. That sixth-place battle still Ricky Rudd inside of Morgan Shepard. And the other battle, Dale Earnhardt had closed in on Sterling Marlin, as Dave had said, and as he tried to make the further move, Buddy Arrington's car was in the way, and that pretty well put a nix to that. So we continue with 235 laps on the board. And young Sterling Marlin has a lot to smile about right now. He's been able to keep Dale Earnhardt at bay for the last 15 or 20 laps around the speedway, and that's something to put a grin on your face the way Dale has been running this season. They head back off into turn number one, and for the moment, Earnhardt seems content to be exactly where he is. Jeff Bodine had fallen back a little bit, Dave Despain, but he's beginning to close in on the front two again. Well, he has indeed. Sterling Marlin is standing the gaff very well. Earnhardt moved up, put pressure on him. Sterling held held his own, and Earnhardt said, well, okay, I'll let him lead it a few more laps here. Meanwhile, indeed, Bodine has closed right back up on the rear deck now of Kenny Schrader, who remains a lap down, but right on Earnhardt's tail. So you've got four cars, three of them in the lead lap, but it's now a tight battle for the lead as Earnhardt moves up to challenge Marlin again. You get the impression every time Earnhardt closes in, there was a car in his way on the lower groove first to is D.K. Ulrich. Now they close in on Slick Johnson in car number 12, the Roger Hamby machine. So Earnhardt, for the moment, being held at bay behind Sterling Marlin. Bobby Allison's Miller American Buick back behind the wall. He is in excess of 105 laps down. And Sterling Marlin continuing to hold off the challenge of Dale Earnhardt. Ned Jarrett is in the Marlin pit area. Wayne King, the, one of the owners of this team. Wayne, go be pleased with Wayne and Piedmont Airlines. Oldsmobile is running here today. One of the first times we've seen you out front this year. Yes, it's doing exceptionally well. Uh, in fact, we're real happy to wear that right now for sure. Well, they want to stay there. He seems to be having no problems whatsoever. But we mentioned a moment ago that Rusty Wallace, they had changed the ignition on his 
that car and the crew say it was okay, but it apparently is not because Rusty is definitely off the pace from what he was running earlier. It is very obvious that Rusty Wallace is nowhere near where he needs to be as far as the way that car is running. It's just about everybody on the racetrack can pass him very easily as he's getting passed again going off into turn number one. And there is a problem on that machine, but they may have to stay out there and nurse it out and try to wait for a caution flag to get in because if they pit, they're going to lose at least three or four laps just looking for the problem. 246 are on the board here at Bristol, Tennessee. There are three cars now locked up in the battle for the lead. Give Dale Earnhardt all the credit in the world this afternoon. It's obvious that Earnhardt has a car that could probably challenge for the lead and maybe even take it away from Sterling Marlin, but he's taking no chances with that car because there's still three laps to the halfway point. It is a very patient and very smart driver, Dale Earnhardt, who's working his way in traffic here at Bristol this afternoon. Jeff Bodine tightens it up in the battle for the lead. They're in the back stretch. He may be the, the spoiler in all this, uh, Barney, because he has closed up from a couple of seconds back to challenge those lead two cars. And it looks like Marlin's car is developing a little bit of a push. He's having to back out of it just a little bit in the middle of the corner to keep the car low. Earnhardt makes a run at him right in the middle of the corner every time. One little bobble. If, if Marlin misjudges that, that letting off just a little bit and that car slips up, then Earnhardt is going to shove that fender under, and it may come quickly because Bodine is putting the pressure on. At the halfway mark now, Sterling Marlin continues to lead the crossed flags from Harold Kinder, and Earnhardt is there, but so too Jeff Bodine now. The front three having pulled away comfortably from those running in fourth. That's Bill Elliott. Fifth is Kyle Petty. Sixth, Ricky Rudd. Richard Petty going in the seventh spot. Brett Bodine is eighth. Morgan Shepard is ninth. And running unofficially in tenth would be Harry Gant. As the leaders come off to... Well, this is the longest stretch of green flag racing that we've had in a good while. A lot of caution here at Bristol today, and it's a good opportunity to stretch the legs on these cars, see who's what got what, and here comes Earnhardt. Earnhardt is going for the lead. He sees an opportunity going into turn number one, and he gets pinched, and they're in trouble in turn one. Sterling Marlin goes into the wall, badly damages his car. Earnhardt gets through. It takes Jeff Bodine out along with Kenny Schrader, and again, the yellow flag is on the racetrack here at Bristol, Tennessee unreal racing at this speedway as again three cars contact the wall down in turn number one. Marlin went into the wall backwards. It is really shoved in the trunk on his Piedmont Airlines car as he was being challenged for the lead by Dale Earnhardt. They got three wide going into the corner and he will come away the worst of it. And we're under caution. This will be the 10th one of the day. Comes out on lap number 253. The attrition rate has been rather high, as often as the case. Now, Earnhardt's car did not come out unscathed. We see a trail of smoke from the right rear. That would be tire smoke, as we now see him come down pit road. Ned, the right rear fender is stove in just a bit, and he's going to be serviced very quickly. Elliott and the rest of the leaders are in. And they'll all take on four tires, uh, Eli. Those that don't get in early enough or get enough work done on two tires, they'll put her down and go back out and make a lap and come back in and get the other side. We were just down checking with Barry Dotson, the crew chief on the Kodiak Pontiac of Rusty Wallace, and the ignition switch did not cure that problem. In fact, they think the battery is going dead, so they had gone and gotten battery from someone else, and they'll probably put that in during this caution period. A lot of work going on on pit road. They're looking at Dale Earnhardt's car, checking both sides of it. Let's go back to the pits. Well, he's down on the other end from where we are. We were making our way up to the Sterling Marlin pits to see what kind of damage he's going to have on the Piedmont Airlines Oldsmobile. So they dropped the jack on his car, Ned, and send him back onto the racetrack. They changed the left side tires. Looked like they was prying a little sheet metal away on Dale Earnhardt's car also. 
So he gets back onto the racetrack as they continue to work on Rusty Wallace's machine. Jeff Bodine got caught up in that accident down there also, but he is going to be able to continue. Looks like just a little sheet metal damage on his car, but suffering the worst of it is the Piedmont Airlines machine, the car number 44 right now of Sterling Marlin. And what a shame after such a splendid run for him here this afternoon. It certainly doesn't look like he'll be able to continue as they are attending to him over in the middle of turns one and two, and we'll get an update there just as quickly as we can. One other team still running on the lead lap, which I had neglected to mention on the rundown of moments ago. Alan Kulwicki, the Xerox Ford Thunderbird, in for service, and he quickly peels down pit road. But, Ned, uh, you're right there between the Kulwicki and Sterling Marlin situations, and there don't seem to be very many smiles in that 44 pit. Well, very definitely not, uh, Barney. Uh, Eli, there are some long looks on the faces there, and they shake their head because he was running so well, and uh, they don't know exactly what happened down there, but I'm sure they have their own ideas. From the Bristol International Raceway, this is MRN, the Motor Racing Network. Whatever you drive, wherever you go, Hercules Tires will get you there. Whether you're running on dirt or running a job. Hard, dependable, high-quality tires are the perfect fit for your needs. For unmatched value, selection, and warranty with industry-leading road hazard protection, there's only one choice, Hercules Tires. To learn more, visit HerculesTire.com or call 800-677-9535. Hercules Tires, right on our strength. Grunt style. The American fighting spirit is in everything we make. We are 500 patriots and veterans strong, bringing clothing manufacturing back to the United States of America. Always moving forward, never retreating, never giving up. We are Grunt Style, and this we'll defend. Get yours at GruntStyle.com. Back at Bristol International Raceway, and the field is being thinned down in a heartbeat as Harry Gant's car is back on pit road, and the hood will go up, and they'll do some work on the skull bandit, and also Rusty Wallace's Kodiak machine is being attended to. Let's go back to Ned Jarrett. They're putting a battery in the Kodiak machine, and they're still working on that shock absorber on the left front of Harry Gant's car. We're standing by with Sterling Marlin, driver of the Piedmont Airlines Oldsmobile. Sterling, what went wrong there? Well, it's pretty evident. Uh, I think the man that drives number three can explain it uh, Car's running good. The boys really doing a good job. The Piedmont Airlines crew, and uh, you know, I just, I just don't want to say nothing right now because we had such a good run going, and uh, I think we had a good shot at winning the race today. And uh, you know, I just best be quiet. Okay. Well, we're sorry to see you out. Glad to see you're okay. Thank you. Yeah, I'm on. Sterling a little bit upset after having such a good run here this afternoon and then getting caught up in the accident, racing for the lead, going off into turn number one. Now, Kyle Petty has come out as a leader after this round of pit stops. Elliott surfaces up there again right at the front of the pack. He is second. Ricky Rudd will be posted third. Fourth should be Morgan Shepard. Richard Petty is hanging in there in fifth position. Then Jeff Bodine, Dale Earnhardt. Neil Bonnet, and it looks like Brett Bonine and Alan Kulwicki will round out the top seven or eight positions here, and that should be probably Gannis being the last car posted on the lead lap, and he is still sitting on pit road. And Kenny Schrader is again in for more pit stops. Kenny Schrader being shown at this moment a lap down. Rusty Wallace a couple of laps down. And Phil Parsons is now rejoining the fray, the Copenhagen Oldsmobile. He is 68 laps in arrears after problems put him to the garage area earlier. Well, what a year, a difference a year has made in Darrell Waltrip's fortunes. Last year in the Junior Johnson team, he, they won several races, had a good shot at winning the National Winston Cup Championship, and this year going to a new team, and everybody called it the dream team. Between himself and Waddell Wilson, they expected to come out and really do well. It has not materialized at all. Been a very disappointing year for both Waddell and Darrell Waltrip. We had a little time to spend with 
Waddell Wilson the other day, and Waddell just put it plainly that he knew beginning the season things might go well, but they also might go just as bad as they are. Well, you know, Barney, it's been tough up to this point in time, but uh, I know the media said that, you know, this was going to be a dream team and we was going to come out and and uh, win races, and uh, it didn't happen that way, but uh, we didn't really feel like it was going to happen that way. I know I didn't because I've been around too long. I know what it takes to win races, and you have to have everything, and we don't have, have it all together like we should have, like the three cars. They have everything together. So Waddell Wilson knew it would not be easy for them, and he says we'll keep working at it. If it takes five more races or 15 more races the whole season to find what we're looking for, they're determined to find it. But it has certainly been a disappointment for both he and Darrell Waltrip. 259 laps, 260 go up on the board here at Bristol, Tennessee right now. Going to be another lap of caution or so before we go back to green. Apparently there's a few raindrops beginning to fall on the speedway here. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. Yes, there indeed are some raindrops falling here in the pit area, Barney, and I'm sure it's all over the area. And uh, Kyle Petty sitting out front, you know, he'd like to see it pour down right now that we're past the halfway point. But the NASCAR official will have other ideas because they want to run this thing to its full distance. Well, the fans would like to see it conclude the same way here this afternoon. And if they keep tearing up cars like we have in the last 100 laps or so, pace car may very well win this one. I wish I'd placed a bet on it a little bit earlier today. 261 laps are in the book, and we're going to run caution for another lap or so here. No, Harold Kinder is indicating that they're going to get a single file restart here in just a moment or so, or they may be red flagging the race. I can't really tell what he's indicating down there. His it arm is like wore out from waving the yellow. There's no question about that. What they're going to do, Bonnie, is have the cars continue circulating under caution, running as though they were going to a restart. They're going to run them two by two so as to keep the racing groove as dry as they possibly can. There are, as we said, a few raindrops falling here in the Bristol, Tennessee area right now, and uh, they're going to continue having the cars circulate under caution, but in a double-file formation. Ned, I see some of the teams are getting a bit innovative. Uh, Gary Nelson has the crew with a bit of a, of a tarpaulin out there trying to keep the Jeff Bodine pit stall dry as best they can. Yes, and uh, that's not a bad idea because the pit road, when it gets slippery, it can be awfully dangerous when they come down pit road. And of course, he wants to be able to stop when he comes into his pit, so that's not a bad idea at all. We're in the Rusty Wallace pits. Of course, Rusty, the defending champion of the Valleydale Meets 500, standing by with Harold Elliott, the engine builder on it. Harold, you switched the ignition and thought that would cure it, but it didn't. What happened? Well, it, it, we put out on, on the other ignition, then, and it... It ran fine for about four or five laps, then it started messing real bad. So we came in and pulled the air cleaner off, cranked the motor up, and it sounded fine. So we put it back on, and now it's running fine. I don't really know what happened. So you didn't change the battery then? No, it's uh, we checked the alternator, and it's putting out, and the battery's up. So uh, I, don't, I don't really know what happened. I really don't. Okay, it's one of those freak things that can happen to a race car. You just never know about them. Well, this is an unusual race car that Rusty Wallace is running here this afternoon. The history on that car goes back a long, long ways. We are talking to Rusty the other day and looking at the car. This is the car that they're driving here that Joel Halpern had prepared for David Pearson back in about 1981. That's been a long, long time ago. And we talked to Rusty about that. A lot of history on the car. You bet we're going way back, aren't we? I'll tell you, that was a car that uh, Joel put together for Pearson way back then. And it's been wrecked many times, but... A lot, of those, a lot of times those cars that get wrecked so much are always end up to be the good ones. And I don't know if they just flex around and bend around and keep on going or what the deal is, but I'm real happy with the way it feels. 
So that car has a lot of history behind it, and it has been a good one for Rusty Wallace and his team. And also, Tim Richmond had some good runs in that car when he was driving over there. 264 laps are on the board. Well, as soon as they get the indication, NASCAR usually in a situation like this will indicate that five laps from now we will go green, and that gives everybody time to get on pit road and make any changes they need to do before we go racing again. And, Eli, only eight cars are out. I can't believe that. As much beating and banging and off the walls and spins and everything else that we've seen today, there's still 22 of the 30 stars out there running the cars that are out sterling marlin bobby hillen dave marcus benny parsons ronnie thomas jimmy means and bobby allison are the cars out of the event and let's add to that also eddie Beerswall retiring the panel ford thunderbird so one more retiree from uh, the event we understand that they are changing a shock on the neil bonnet valvoline pontiac that has been the reason for the repeated visits to pit road and of course you cannot work on these cars during a red flag period so while we were gone during the break in our broadcast the cars sat covered up on the racetrack and the crews were not able to work on the automobiles ned what happens in a situation now where we have been idle for an hour and 30 minutes or so uh, are there likely to be any ramifications from that for these cars that have been out there running for a couple of hours well you really never know eli you don't like to to have a heated up engine, which they were because they'd run over half of the race and then let it cool down as much as they, they have here and then heat them back up again. Sometimes there can be problems, but now that most of them are running, in fact, I think all of them are running aluminum cylinder heads on the car, that's not as much of a problem as it was several years ago when they were running the cast iron cylinder heads. Neil Bonnet just came back in and they made a final adjustment on that car and apparently have that shock changed. He goes back out one more time. Still running under the red flag here this afternoon, or I should say the caution flag now, as they're trying to dry out the racetrack. Kyle Petty is the leader as they run on the speedway right now. Bill Elliott currently is posted in the number two position. He's had a good, strong run here this afternoon. has been very impressive. Ricky Rudd is posted in third spot. Morgan Shepard, very strong car here today, is currently fourth. And Richard Petty just keeps hanging in there and working his way to the front. All the patience in the world for the king of stock car racing. Back in six is Jeff Bodine. He's overcome a lot of problems here this afternoon, still very much in contention. And Dale Earnhardt, as they went back onto the racetrack, had been in seventh position. Now he's fallen a little further toward the tail end of the field after making that pit stop a moment ago. This is the way they're running just as they went back onto the track. Neil Bonnet was eighth. Brett Bodine was posted ninth. And Alan Kulwicki and Harry Gant rounded out tenth and eleventh. And all those cars were on the lead lap. We see Bobby Allison bringing the Miller American Buick back out from behind the wall. Jimmy Finning and the crew concluding the work on that car. Bobby was involved in an incident earlier and had put him some 98 laps in arrears, and he is now a number of additional laps down to the race leader, but he's out there circulating, trying to pick up those points. Barney just giving you the top 11. 12th is Dale Jarrett. 13th, Kenny Schrader. 14th is Rusty Wallace. 15th, Slick Johnson. 16th is being shown as the Michael Waltrip car. D.K. Ulrich is 17th. 18th will be Darrell Waltrip. 19th is Mike Potter, and 20th will be J.D. McDuffie. Those are the cars that are uh, 1 through 20. Phil Parsons also out there circulating, as is Jerry Cranmer. If you're just joining us, one of the strongest cars of the day, the one fielded by the Piedmont Airlines team, Steve Meal, Wayne King, and all the crew there. Sterling Marlin had a super run going, was leading this event and holding off some pretty strong challenges, but his car got involved in an accident in turn number one, which ended the afternoon for Sterling Marlin, but uh, you'd have to figure that team is awfully encouraged after the showing here today. At least six drivers have led this race this afternoon to pick up five bonus points for the Winston Cup points title. Dale Earnhardt has led some laps. So has Bill Elliott. So has Rusty Wallace, Kyle Petty, 
Dave Marcus and Sterling Marlin. So they've had a pretty good day here at Bristol, despite the fact that, as you alluded to just a moment ago, Sterling Marlin is now out of the competition. They still have a lot to smile about because the team seems to have turned around here this weekend. They've had a good run. As Ned was talking with Kenny Schrader before he went away earlier, Kenny was down by as many as four laps. He now trails by just a lap. And Kenny figures that this is one of those tracks where he should do well because it resembles a number of the short tracks, the high bank short tracks that he ran for years in the Midwest. Well, it really is. Uh, I guess uh, the, the Bristol track here, Winchester, and I guess uh, Salem, Indiana would all be right in the same category there. Do you like a track like this? I really do, Eli. Uh, you know, it brings me back to some stuff that I've got some more experience on instead of so many other the Winston Cup tracks. So, it's just like running Winchester, so I feel a lot more home here. Of course, uh, in those days, he was driving an 800-pound sprint car, and these are 3,500-pound stock cars, so a whole lot different. It's not really much you can translate from one to the next, but uh, nevertheless, he's out there and running well. Eli, let's update on the Neil Bonnet situation. He has not made a pit stop in the last three or four laps because they got the work completed that they were doing, and they were not changing the shock. They were changing the sway bar. They have two methods of hooking it up, and uh, they were trying one method in the first half of the race, and as long as they were racing, they couldn't make that change, but now they're taking this opportunity to try it the other way. So they unhooked it and now have hooked it back up the other way. All right, so that's the story for Neil Bonnet. Joining us on the line now from the Stafford Motor Speedway in Connecticut, Joe Golas is standing by where the spring sizzler is underway. Joe, how's it going? Well, Eli, go. We got cut off here momentarily. We are at the Stafford Motor Speedway. At the present time, we're under caution with 45 laps already run in this 80-lap 16th annual spring sizzler. And no stranger to victory lane here at the Speedway. It's car number 20, renumbered this afternoon. It's George Brunholzl, Jr. of West Babylon, New York. Out front at the present time, he followed Jimmy Spencer of West with Pennsylvania for quite some time, but patiently was able to work his way around. He's picking up the lap money at the present time at the rate of some $50 per lap. Jimmy Spencer, on the other hand, has seemed content to be running in the number two position at the present time, although he had Tony Hirschman right on his back bumper for a while, then Hirschman was able to slide by. George, the Duke of Kent, the past and defending regional champion, is running in the fourth spot. Fifth is Mike Stefanik, who's the current fast time setter here at the Speedway. Then it's Mike McLaughlin, Jamie's the Jet Tomato from Howell, New Jersey, Jan Leedy from Upstate New York, and it's Corky Cookman, Bob Pulverary, Dave Resendez, Rod Schreichler, and Reggie Ruggiero, who set fast time here yesterday afternoon. Jeff Fuller in the Barry Automobile, Kenny Bouchard, then it's Tommy Baldwin, S.J. Avanchin, and Charlie Pastriak is Brian Ross and Carl Pastriak pick up at the tail end of the field. We've had a lot of pit action here this afternoon. We've got cars on pit road, include Dougie Hebron, the U2 of Ricky Fuller, the number one of John Hoffman. So a lot of tires have been changed. Only 45 laps here on the half mile have been run. We're still some 35 laps from completion, but we do remain under caution as the track crew working up in turn number three to clean up some of the debris left, left by an accident just a little bit earlier. Carl Bugsy Stevens, one of the winningest drivers and a veteran of modified wars for many a year, a past national champion, left the event on lap number 41 as Ronnie Shepard's number 34 is now being towed off the Speedway hammock style as some heavy damage has occurred to that automobile. Well, that's the way it stands here at the Stafford Motor Speedway. We're 45 laps into the event. George Bernholzl Jr. out front. 
and we'll be going the remaining 35 laps as the crews have just about completed their task up in turn number three. From the Stanford Motor Speedway for the Motor Racing Network, I'm Joe Golas. All right, Joe, thank you. One quick question regarding Reggie Ruggiero. The pole sitter, he has obviously dropped back noticeably with their problems early. Was he involved in an incident? What happened? Well, no incidents at this point. They've went in for tires on a couple of occasions. They've had problems. Uh, they've changed the left rear on two occasions and the right rear on two different occasions, and we've only run 45 laps. Reggie set fast time yesterday. By the luck of the draw, he started in the number 10 position, and right now out on the speedway, he's worked his way back up to the 12th spot after starting at the rear of the field after the visits to the pit area. So he's definitely making strides to the front, but they've only got 35 laps with which to do it. Okay, Joe, thank you very much. Joe Golas joining us from the Stafford Motor Speedway, the 16th annual Coors Spring Sizzler. Were you with us the year we broadcast that event? No, you weren't, Barney. That was, they put on a heck of a show up there. Well, the folks down here don't get a chance to see them run that much, except when they come up to Martinsville and maybe run a couple of the special modified shows at some of the tracks. But from everything I've heard, one of these days, if it were possible, I wouldn't mind going up there and watching them run. They must put on a whale of a show at several of those tracks up through the Northeast. You talk about getting around this racetrack in a hurry. You should see them fly around Stafford. I bet the modifieds would. Two 181 laps are recorded on the board here right now at Bristol, Tennessee, and the Valleydale meets 500. Kyle Petty leads. Good run right behind him this afternoon is Dale Jarrett in that Friedlander financial car. His second outing in it, and Ned, I guess I talked to him yesterday, and he said they still plan to run this race and one more and then evaluate as to where they will go from there, whether the team will continue to run a limited schedule or maybe run the full schedule or what. Yeah, that's the plan right now, Barney. He will run the Sovereign Bank 500 at Martinsville in a couple of weeks. And, of course, he's hoping that he'll be able to stay in it. He did sign up for the Champion Spark Plug Sears Rookie of the Year. Uh, and uh, my understanding is that you can, one time during your career, you can sign up. And then if you don't run as many as five races, then that still leaves you eligible to run for rookie in the future. So he knew that he had these three races to run. So he's uh, he has signed up. Of course, he was fortunate to be the top rookie last week. And the way it sits right now, he's the top rookie today. But uh, Davey Allison has been running awfully well in the races that he's running, but he's hoping that he can stay in this car. Mr. Prelander let him and uh, go on and see if he can run and win that rookie time, or at least uh, give a challenge for it. Well, he'll make a good run at it. I kind of hope they do stay out there uh, the rest of the season and run as many races as they can because it would be a good effort for him. Harold Kinder had just given the field the indication they will take the green in 10 laps. It will be nine laps this time as they go underneath the start-finish line here. So we're not too far away from some green flag racing. All right, the track is drying nicely. Today's broadcast of the Valleydale 500 is brought to you under exclusive radio rights granted by the Bristol International Raceway to Motor Racing Network solely for the private, non-commercial use of our listening audience. Any publication, reproduction, or other use of the description and accounts of this event without the expressed written consent of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network is prohibited. Kyle Petty's had a good run here today. The car's been very strong. Currently, he leads this race, and not by a fluke at that. He has been a contender up at the front of the pack most of the day, and it seems like on the short tracks that they have really found their forte. Used to, he did not like the short tracks at all. He preferred the super speedways when he went with the Wood Brothers in their Sitco 711 car, but all of a sudden now, they've been running extremely strong, and he says the short tracks are really where he enjoys running. He's still smiling from his effort at North Wilkesboro last week. A real good race. You know, I told you when we talked earlier in the week down there that we thought we do good. That's a good racetrack for me, and we we're just fortunate. We got hooked up during the during the middle part of the race and was able to stay hooked up the, the last part. And uh, I think the last pit stop really saved us by getting us out in front of Bonnet and stuff. Uh, it kept us where we could race. And well, he stayed a factor in that race all day long, and he certainly won here this afternoon. 286 laps are on the board. 
There should be about seven more circuits around this racetrack, and they'll put them under green, and I guess we'll see quite a few of them diving onto pit road for that last-minute stop. We talked earlier this afternoon, if you were tuned in to a broadcast here from Bristol, Tennessee, about normally by the halfway point of this race, a pretty good pattern has been established as to one or two cars are going to be the ones to beat. And, Ed, we talked about it a little bit earlier today. That pattern has not developed whatsoever. Kyle Petty can still win this race. Bill Elliott's running good enough to win it. Ricky Rudd is still right up there. Morgan Shepard, of course, Richard Petty is a factor. So is Jeff Bodine. And for that matter, so is Harry Gant right now. And certainly Dale Earnhardt and Brett Bodine. And none of those cars, other than at a given time, have really shown that much superiority here today. No, they really haven't, Barney. And uh, that is a little surprising, especially the way that Earnhardt had been dominating things so far this year. Although he has run well here today, but he has not been the dominant factor that we have seen him in other races. Now, whether it's circumstances, the way that they have gone here today, I don't know, because this racetrack has a, a way of sort of equalizing things. Uh, sometimes one driver will get it all hooked up and is able to pull away, but we haven't seen that here today. If there has been a car that has run consistently faster than anyone else, I think you'd have to say it's Kenny Schrader because he has made up those three laps and has come back and is only one lap down now and looking, he'll be right up there at the front looking to pass the leaders and hopefully move back into the lead lap and see if he can stay on that without those unscheduled pit stops. Well, if he could get a break, he would certainly be a factor to win this race also. So there's plenty of competition left. A lot of short track racing coming up. We go to Martinsville, Virginia, April the 26th, then to the Super Speedway in Talladega, Alabama, the Winston 500, May the 3rd, May 24th. The Winston Cup cars on to the Charlotte Motor Speedway for the Coca-Cola 600. The Budweiser 500, Dover, Delaware, on May 31st. In the month of June, we'll be in Pocono, Pennsylvania for the Miller High Life 500. That's June 14th. June 21st, the Budweiser 400 from the road course in Riverside, California. June 28th, the Miller American 400 from Brooklyn, Michigan. And the season's first half concludes July 4th back at the World Center of Racing in Daytona Beach. The Pepsi Firecracker 400, and it might behoove you to pick up your tickets as quickly as you can because you know where the attendance figures have been going at Winston Cup tracks here over the last few years. A lot of fans have certainly been disappointed in 1987, waiting till the last minute to get their tickets. Were in past years, there have always been seen like eight or 10,000 seats left at some of the major speedways that have seating to seat 60 or 70,000 fans. But even at the short tracks, they're the almost Richmond a complete deal. sellout. Just hard to believe the attendance at Winston Cup Racing. They're still out here running under caution. It'll be a couple of more laps, and they'll put them under green, and we might see some pit stops this turnaround. But, Ned, there's not that much activity on pit road as far as the crews look like. Not really, Barney. Not doubt if we'll see too many of them come in because uh, certainly if they're up towards the front, they don't want to lose their position. And they're going to have to make at least one more pit stop before this race is over anyway. So capping it off with gas now would not be that much of an advantage for them. Well, they stopped last at lap 253, and then the red flag came out on lap 265, so most of them should be in pretty good shape. Yeah, they Whoop. should be, and, and in fact, all of those other laps, those 40 laps have been run under caution, so they didn't really burn that much fuel. 292 laps are on the board. It looks like we'll go at least one more circuit around here, and then they'll cut them under green, and nobody is coming off the banking up in turn number four to get on to pit road. So as we said, everybody should be in good shape. Again, Kyle Petty is the leader. Right behind him is Bill Elliott. Then it is Kenny Schrader, although Schrader is a lap down. He is the third car in line. It'll be a double file restart as they get ready to go. And it looks like they're bunching up very tightly. Now they get three wide on that front row going through the corner, jockeying for a position as they work out of turn number two and head up to Dave Despain. Interesting sight. Rusty Wallace was the driver who was trying to thread his way through the needle there and get himself up into it.
position at the head of the inside row of lap cars. I believe he might have rubbed a little bit with Bill Elliott and Kenny Schrader there, but now they've got it sorted out. They're looking for the green flag, and Schrader may very much be, as Ned Jarrett said, the guy to watch here. He's had one of the fastest cars all day. Now here's Wallace dropping down out of the way, and we're ready to go with green. As the field comes off turn number four, Jim Graham takes the pace car down pit road. Green flag from Harold Kinder. We're back to green on lap 294. Quickly they go into the corner as the field rumbles through the 36-degree banking. Kyle Petty continues to lead. Good jump for Kyle. Schrader ducks right in behind him. Two Thunderbirds out front. Three Thunderbirds. Now four Thunderbirds as Elliott dives into the third spot. Ricky Rudd in fourth. Single file, they'll come off the corner and whistle back into turn number one. And Schrader again wastes no time in trying to get himself back up there and unlapped and have a shot to win this race. And as we pointed out, he has one of the fastest cars on the speedway. The battle's for third spot. Meanwhile, Dale Earnhardt quickly moving around the Brett Bodine automobile. And here comes that third place battle as Morgan Shepard goes to the inside on Ricky Rudd. Morgan Shepard has been taking very much a high line here today. Tried the inside on Rudd's Thunderbird. Couldn't make it go. And look at Kenny Schrader, Dave, to Spain, passing the leader. Great move on the outside exit turn two to unlap himself. Schrader is really hooked up. He is back on the tail end of the lead lap. Bill Elliott goes after Kyle Petty. And strong through that corner is Kenny Schrader. He pulled away by a couple of car lengths. Kyle is still the leader. Right behind him, Bill Elliott. Elliott looked underneath Kyle out of turn number two. Had thoughts of taking the lead away for a moment. We've seen a lot of yellow here today. If we get one now, it's a great break for Schrader who could quickly make up a lap. Meanwhile, the Thunderbird battle continuing. Elliott is all over Kyle. Field back into turn number one. Elliott just hounding away off the left rear of Kyle Petty's Thunderbird. Elliott and Kay and Kyle both as low on the track as possible. They couldn't pass one another. They pulled out about a 15-car length lead over Morgan Shepard, who is in third. Ricky Rudd is fourth. Richard Petty fifth. Then Jeff Bodine running sixth down the front chute. And these fans who have been sitting down for better than an hour and a half under umbrellas are suddenly up and watching that battle up there for the lead and cheering Bill Elliott and Kyle Petty on to get it done. Morgan Shepard is still third. He's about three seconds behind the leaders. Richard Petty is fourth. Fifth is Ricky Rudd. That's where the hot action is, too, back there for fourth spot on back. Petty tries to hold off Ricky Rudd and Jeff Bodine. Single file. They'll go back into turn number one. Petty made a good move on Rudd a lap ago to take that spot away and now sets his sights on Morgan Shepard. Morgan running a little more conservative line here, down a little lower on the racetrack than he was in the early going. And Elliott continuing to put the pressure on Kyle up front. 300 laps are down, 200 remain here in Bristol, Tennessee. The leaders now catching some race traffic. They go around J.D. McDuffie as Slick Johnson takes his car down pit road, and Rusty Wallace slows just a bit as Kowicki and Gant pass him. Pretty remarkable to see Jeff Bodine out there running as hard and as strong as he is in sixth spot right now. Remember, he's crashed twice here today. Car's not too badly bent up, and he's strong in his battle with Rudd. And they have done a lot of work in the pits on that. Give a lot of credit to Gary Nelson and the crew on his machine to keep him out there. Ned, go ahead. We thought Ned Jarrett was trying to make contact with us on pit road. Looking at the lap board, 302 have just gone up on the scoreboard, so that gives us about 198 laps to go in the Valleydale meets 500. Again, they work out of turn number two and down the back straightaway, and everything Bill Elliott has tried has not worked on young Kyle Petty. He's tried him outside a couple of times off the corner, tried to get underneath him a couple of times, can't do that, and Kyle is driving about as much in that rearview mirror to see which way Elliott is going to go as he is looking straight ahead. They're out of turn two. And meanwhile, Kenny Schrader trying to pull away. He's got a good uh, full second on the field here as he works his way on that tail end of the lead lap with one of the strongest cars out there. He is pulling away from the lead battle. Bill Elliott still hounding away right on Kyle Petty's rear deck. For Elliott, over the last couple of years, short track racing has not necessarily been the hot setup, but they've got that car dialed in now with Ivan Baldwin's assistance. It's a good battle in three. As, uh, again, Elliott looking to the low side. That seems to be where he has the little bit of an edge. If he's going to make the pass on Kyle, it looks like he's going to try to make it on the bottom. He'll try it again in turn one. 
Yeah, he won't be able to do anything. Well, he gets underneath him coming out of the corner. I thought he was going to back out, but he will not. It's door-to-door into three. And he had to dodge around Bobby Allison. It looked like he was going to hesitate, but no. Bill puts his foot in it, and he's going to get the spot. Back to the stripe. Elliott leads this lap here at the Valleydale 500. But Kyle comes right back alongside, trying to use the high side of the banking in turn two. And they've still got lap cars to deal with now. The lower and slower traffic moving down to the inside. That's the local boy, Mike Potter, from right here in Johnson City, Tennessee. They had that car in during that long yellow period and uh, had the car jacked up working on the rear end of it. And uh, let's give him a call now as he continues to circulate. Elliott has moved back in front of Kyle Petty as they come down the back stretch. Meanwhile, Morgan Shepard and Richard Petty have closed right up, making it a four-car battle back to you guys. Bill Elliott is beginning to pull away from everyone in the field right now. He's opened up quite a bit of daylight on Morgan Shepard, about two seconds back to Shepard, who rides in the number two spot. Kyle Petty is third. Richard Petty is fourth. Back in fifth is Jeff Bonine. It's a ways back of seven or eight seconds to the sixth-place car, which is Ricky Rudd. Then comes Dale Earnhardt. Back in eighth position right now will be riding Alan Kowicki and Harry Gant. And then Brett Bonine will round out the top drivers here this afternoon that are still on that lead lap. 319 are in the book, and Elliott's car is working like we've never seen it work on a short track, particularly here at Bristol. If you find the handle of this place, you can really get some business done. He's passing them just about where he's catching them. He can run high, and Dave Despain, he has been strong through three and four right at the bottom of the racetrack. Yeah, he's sticking it way down on the bottom, running a lower line here than anybody else and really making it work well. The car is behaving just the way he wants. Although, at the moment, let's give Morgan Shepard a call. It's really weird what's happening with Morgan. For a while, the high line costs him ground, and then just as quick as he gets free of traffic, he seems to be able to let the car free up a little bit, and he gains ground up there, and he is gaining on Bill Elliott now as Bill runs the bottom and Morgan runs the top. Richard Petty and Kyle Petty bouncing one off the other as they battle for positions three and four. Right behind them is Jeff Bodines, and nobody cuts anybody any slack here. Bill Elliott, tell us about this new short track car of yours. Well, I didn't put that much input into it. I haven't put a lot of input into it. And I think just from what we've learned and a lot of stuff he's learned on the West Coast, we decided, you know, we'd build one like he wants, and here it is, and that's what it is. Ivan Baldwin, the car builder, they had the pole in Wilkesboro last week and now a super run leading here at Bristol. That's something that's really stuck in Elliott's crawl probably for a couple of years to dominate the super speedways like he did in 1985. And even before that, he was he was a winning driver on all the major tracks around the country, but they had just never had a short track program that was up to par with what he was doing on the super speedways. And, of course, the fans are going to come up and say, well, if you were an all-around driver or if you were this or if you were that, you'd, you would be running good on the short tracks. And that kind of eats into you, I guess, Ned, a little bit when you know you've got the capability to, as far as driving ability goes, to get out there and win on a short track. And, of course, obviously, you're not going to win the Winston Cup championship if you don't post some good finishes and even a win or two on the short tracks. You absolutely have to do it, as many of them as there are, because the points are the same on every track, regardless of how long they are or how much prize money or how much speed they run. The points are the same. So you've got to run good on the short tracks. Bill Elliott realizes that, and he also knows that he can drive with any of them if he's got the equipment. So they've been working on that now to get him the equipment that he can stay up there and run with him on the short track, and I think it's really beginning to pay off. He's just gone around Neil Bonnet to put him a lap down here at Bristol this afternoon, and he's very close now to catching back up to Kenny Schrader, who had really pulled away a moment ago, but all of a sudden, Elliott is there. They're in the back straightaway. Yeah, the handle seems to have gone away on the uh, Dunleavy machine number nine, and he's bottoming out. Every time he goes into three, we see a shower of sparks coming out of Kenny Schrader's car, and it seems that every time he hits bottom, Bill Elliott gains another car length on him. They're just a car length apart now as they work one and two. Elliott closing. Shepard seems to be stable, about five car lengths behind Bill Elliott, and then it's a bit of a gap back to the 21 car of Kyle Petty running third. 
Jeff Bodine now in fourth has gone around Richard Petty passing him to the outside going through turns one and two so Bodine up to fourth Richard Petty runs in the fifth spot as they continue here 329 laps are complete Bill Elliott has taken the lead in the hard charger battle the car number nine has the advantage there over Jeff Bodine, Dale Earnhardt, Morgan Shepard, and Kyle Petty. That's the battle where there are points awarded for the top five positions on each and every lap, the True Value Hard Charger point battle. And watching Dale Earnhardt get around this racetrack, he had had a car that could run right up front most of the afternoon. It had been a factor to win this race and may still be. But, Ned, when he got involved in that collision down there in turn number one, you can look in the corners, both ends of this racetrack, one and two and three and four, and it's obvious that the car is a little bit lacking something right now that it had earlier today. Yeah, the car is not handling quite as well as it was, and he said in the interview we did with him that it knocked the front end alignment off a little bit, and I'll tell you, that really makes it special on a track like this, where you go into the corner so hard, if that front end is not perfect, then it really makes a difference on how you get through that corner, and I think that that has affected his car. He's very much like Harry Gant. He's extremely strong in the arms and shoulders in a race car. I remember a year or so ago here at Bristol, Tennessee, he lost the power steering on that car and to wrestle one of those 3,700-pound machines at that time around this racetrack for almost two-thirds of the race without the power steering and come home a winner kind of gives you an idea of what Earnhardt can do with an ill-handling car or when something does go wrong in it. Now he's beginning to run a little bit quicker. Either that or some of the front runners in front of him has slowed up a bit because he is coming through traffic in a hurry, pulling up behind Neil Bonnet and Richard Petty and Jeff Bodine and Kyle Petty as they head back into turn number one. And there's suddenly, maybe he's listening to the radio or a broadcast and saying, I'll show them guys what I can do because he is coming. He's had some laps, too, to adapt to perhaps the uh, changes in the car and figure out exactly what it's going to do, gain a little more confidence in its ability to stick as he dives it into the corner. And he has certainly driven away from what has become a good 7th, 8th, and ninth place battle that involves Alan Kowicki, Harry Gann, and Ricky Rudd. Rudd is backing up in that battle, but Earnhardt is definitely running down the leaders. Those three cars tied tightly together going around J.D. McDuffie. There's so much traffic on this track, even though the attrition rate has removed a good dozen of the starters here today. Kowicki, Gant, and Ricky Rudd, a good battle tied tightly together. For Earnhardt, we talked to him last week after North Wilkesboro when he won over there. He's just had a phenomenal season, and even he has trouble sometimes as he drives to the racetrack to and from, believing that the team has been as good as it has all year. Well, it's the consistency, and, you know, we do it every week that really surprises me or not surprises me, but, it's, it, it, you know, you that's what you want to do, and that's what you work to do, but then then when it happens, you know, say, well, boy, this is really good. You know, I can't really believe it. And, uh, you know, it just happens every week. It repeats itself, and uh, we're running good here at Wilkesboro, and, uh, you know, we look, good, we look to run good everywhere we go. Uh, but I think it's the teamwork and the consistency of the car, the way it's running, this this give us the success we've had, and I think it'll give it success down the road. That is the key. You talk to any driver here, as we have all week long, and say, what do you think Earnhardt's secret is? Every one of them say there's no secret in that team other than consistency. They found a combination that works on the race car. And, Ned, you pointed out something a little bit earlier this afternoon that we had not thought about on that car. Would you like to elaborate a little bit on it, something that might be making it work a little better? Well, one thing that that car handles everywhere they go, it gets good traction on the racetrack. Now, we've been told, I haven't personally seen it myself, that they run a little bit different type of a spring setup, that they run, they put the buckets up a little, the spring buckets up a little bit higher, which permits them to run longer springs, and that lets the car work when you go in and through the turns, and especially on a track where you got a little bit of variance in the banking and the car bounces around a little bit, and the wheels always stay on the ground and always are working. 
and uh, that could be one of the things that they have. They build their cars themselves in Richard Childress's shops there in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and uh, they don't give out any secrets, which they shouldn't, And uh, but there's something that they found about the handling of the cars that, in my opinion, is the thing. Now, certainly their engines, built by Lou LaRosso, produce a lot of horsepower, but I don't think they got that much more horsepower than the others. Dale Earnhardt certainly is a good race driver, but um, is he that much better than anybody else? I think that it's in the chassis of the car, something that they found and really making it work. Well, it has been consistent time after time, not only on the short tracks, but also on the super speedways. That third place changed just a moment ago over in front of Dave Despain. Indeed, the position swap by Jeff Bodine as he has picked up a position, but the fans are really on their feet here for Morgan Shepard. As popular as Bill Elliott is, everybody likes to see a guy who will drive around the outside, a guy who's not afraid to stick that right rear up by the fence. And now as they come into traffic, Elliott gets trapped, and Morgan Shepard drives right around him. Elliott drove right up behind Darrell Waltrip, found himself with no place to go and we've got a new leader. Darrell goes eight laps down in the process and Morgan Shepard takes the lead. He is running a much higher line as Dave has mentioned. We've been talking about it all day long but it's working there. Larry McReynolds and the crew evidently setting the car up that way. At first we thought it might have been an ill handling situation but the car is working and has worked consistently all day long in that higher groove. So Shepard leads. Bill Elliott is now second. They've got a comfortable advantage on third place Jeff Bodine. Kyle Petty is now fourth. Dale Earnhardt gets around Richard Petty to grab fifth. Petty is back in sixth spot. Seventh now is Harry Gant. He won that three-way battle of earlier with Ricky Rudd going in eighth position. And ninth is still Alan Kulwicki. From the Bristol International Raceway, this is MRN, the Motor Racing Network. From the racetrack to the road home, fill up with Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. Sunoco makes high-quality performance fuels for the greatest drivers in the world, both on and off the track. Whether you are pulling up to the pump or experiencing the excitement of being at the track on race day, this will be a four-tire change. They've already topped it off with Sunoco fuel. Side service complete, second can of Sunoco fuel in. He's down and away. You can trust Sunoco to be the fuel that keeps you going. Capture the essence of racing and fill up with the official fuel of NASCAR, Sunoco. Restore your vehicle's lost power by cleaning your entire fuel system with Chevron Techron Fuel System Cleaner. Right now, buy one bottle and get one free at O'Reilly Auto Parts, plus get double O rewards points on your purchase. Keep your engine clean with Chevron Techron Fuel System Cleaner at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supplies. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Brett Bodine has just gone a lap down to leader Morgan Shepard as he zipped around him a moment ago over in turn number three. And Ned, all of a sudden, several of the cars seem to be dropping back a little bit. And, of course, they've run long enough now that some of the tires may be giving up a wee bit also. They might be. Brett Bodine is certainly not running as strong as he was earlier in the race because he had managed to get back on the lead lap after going a lap down early and then run up as high as second place for a while. But the car is not working as well as it was. Uh, Neil Bonnet's car is not working as well as it was, even though they changed that sway bar. So he's already gone a lap down. So some of the cars, as you say, are not working as well as they did before. Hard to figure out which battle to watch on the racetrack. Morgan Shepard and Bill Elliott is a good one for the lead. A little bit further back right now, Dale Earnhardt and Kyle Petty have been going at it hammer and tongs side by side a time or two. And Harry Gant and Richard Petty have been dueling away door to door and trying to get high and low. And all of a sudden, the groove is beginning to move up in both ends of the racetrack. Now, Shepard is one of the few cars that's been riding outside. He and Earnhardt all day long, and I'm talking about outside, up against the wall, right out against the retaining wall. 
But now, Dave Despain, over in your corners, over in three and four, everybody's going up there. Yeah, it's going to be a little crowded up there. In fact, it cost Kyle Petty a spot here just a couple of laps ago in that battle with Earnhardt. Earnhardt kept dogging him on the bottom, dogging him on the bottom. And Kyle looked like he made a decision to go up and try to run high to go a little faster. And, boy, the minute he moved up a half a car with Earnhardt shot underneath him and is now pulling away from him. So Earnhardt is up to fourth. Petty drops back to fifth. And meanwhile, Jeff Bodine has really found some something extra. He has closed in to within a half car length of Bill Elliott. But while Elliott still manages to ride low on the racetrack in one and two, Bodine is being forced to take the higher groove there. But Shepard, the leader... Bill Elliott second, Jeff Bodine third. They are basically tied together one car length between all three. That has become a very tight battle. Bodine, the man who is definitely gaining ground in that battle. But the quickest car out there is Earnhardt as he has now displaced uh, three cars ahead of him and has a pretty clear shot at that lead trio. They're just a matter of, uh, what, call it 50 yards in front of Earnhardt now. Not too much separation there as Earnhardt continues to reel in the front three. And when he gets on the racetrack and has plenty of space all by himself and doesn't have to work traffic like he did earlier here this afternoon, he can really get around the speedway. He's chopped the interval down to about three and a half seconds now from himself back to the third place car as he continues to wind them in. Harry Gant's car is still running good here this afternoon. And Gant was one of the drivers who said you can never come to Bristol and end up running the same setup you start with. You change a couple of times during the day. Right. You know, we, uh, we've tried uh, our race setup here earlier and all, and, uh, of course, that, that don't mean anything, though we run good because track's going to change. It's going to change a lot since it's a daytime race. And, uh, the, yeah, that's what you got to do is have a car that you think is going to be that same stable all day, and uh, that's hard to do here. <laughs> So you start with one setup sometimes and end up with another. Bodine is coming on strong now. He tries to get around Bill Elliott for the second spot on the outside. That's hard to do, but he's going to do it. As again, he catches Elliott napping a little bit, boxes him in behind one of the Jerry Cranmer car down there, and will take over the position, and Bodine moves up to the second spot. They're back in three. That's the second time that's happened. Elliott, in running the low line, is down there with the cars that are a lap down or several laps down and are trying to stay out of the way of the leaders. That is where Elliott can run the fastest, and that's the second time that it's cost him a spot. He's running on the bottom. He runs up behind slower traffic. The cars that are working on the top are able to go around him. That time it was Bodine. Bodine takes over second spot, and now Earnhardt's going to try to do the same thing to Elliott out of four. Earnhardt off the corner, takes the high groove. He can't draw to the outside of Elliott this time, so Earnhardt follows him into number one. This time, as Earnhardt goes high, Elliott stays low, and Dale is there. They're going to be side-by-side as they come up the backstretch, fans on their feet watching this battle. Earnhardt gets a fender out front and just drives on around Bill Elliott to take over the third spot. He is amazing to watch. You see other drivers backing off going into the corner a little bit, and you can tell that Earnhardt does not lift. He just drives that car on in there knowing it's going to stick and not spin out from under him, and so far he's been exactly right. They're back in three. And that's the confidence and that handling that Ned Jarrett talked about. When you know the car is going to work, you can do a lot more courageous things with it than if you're questioning whether the car will stick or not, and especially here at Bristol, where if you do lose it, you're going to hit that wall so hard and going so fast and do so much damage. Earnhardt is right there now, tapping at the rear door of the lead battle, which still involves the two rim riders there, Morgan Shepard and Jeff Bodine. Earnhardt is there. He is pulled away by six car lengths over Bill Elliott, and Elliott has about a half of the front straightaway on Kyle Petty and Richard Petty. They're still battling back for fifth and sixth positions. Now the leaders are catching traffic in turn number four as Rusty Wallace heads down pit road. They close in on Dale Jarrett. He's currently a lap down, and now will be put another lap down in turn number two. It'll be real interesting to see what happens with this trio now because they're all running the same line up at the top of the racetrack, and the key to the pass here is going to be the guy who can duck down off that high line, take the inside away, and make the move. 
Well, they don't want to happen what happened a little bit earlier this afternoon, trying to make some passes on the lead car going off into turn number one. Earnhardt this time goes to the bottom of the racetrack, and he is underneath Jeff Bodine in the middle of the back straightaway. Has that spot for the moment, and Bodine continues to run it up high. Earnhardt has brought his line down to the bottom, and there's a pass of traffic right in front of him. This will be interesting. D.K. Ulrich directly ahead of the leaders. And to the inside is Mike Potter. No chance for anybody to make a move, although Earnhardt looked inside. He has to get on the binders this time off turn two. Potter dove out of the way to give Earnhardt room. Earnhardt slipped through the needle. Meanwhile, they are stacked up right behind D.K. Ulrich, and that's frustrating Morgan Shepard as he can find no place to go. He holds Bodine at bay with Earnhardt. Again, trying the bottom now. This time, D.K. will be in Earnhardt's way, and they're just going to have to settle down and work their way through this traffic before anything, anybody can do anything too exciting here. It's like threading a needle around. Bristol International Raceway. You have to look so far ahead, but you can't look that far ahead on this half-mile track. The corners are, as you go in to say turn one, you can't look across in turn number two and say, that's where I want to pass just going out of that corner because there may be a car there and you won't see it until you catch it in the middle of the back straightaway. Good battle going on for fifth place as Kyle Petty has held off his dad, Richard, and Richard has been working on him pretty good. He's tapped him a time or two in the middle of the corner here to let him know he's there, tried to get around him on the outside, and Kyle is making him work for it as he wants to hold on to that fifth spot. They're out of turn two. Well, it's a good family rivalry, and indeed Richard now trying the bottom this time. Meanwhile, up to the top goes Jeff Bodine, almost into the fence, diving down underneath his Earnhardt. They're side by side. Rear end of that car for Bodine, really kicked out. It's going to cost him in turn number one as Earnhardt works to the inside of Bodine. Shepard still leads. Earnhardt's now in second. Shepard with the top spot. Bodine not giving up that outside position. Now Earnhardt takes the spot away, and Bodine will try to duck back to the inside. Tight three-car battle. Bodine goes underneath him out of turn number four. He can't do it as Earnhardt just drives hard right into turn number one and holds him off. And now he's going after Morgan Shepard for the lead. He looked on the outside. Here he comes to the inside. Well, he's going to have to go way outside to get around Morgan the way Morgan's been running. Here is Earnhardt on the bottom. Shepard on the top. They touch. Coming out of turn four. Bodine dives underneath and Earnhardt takes the lead, drop-kicking the 26-car Morgan Shepard all the way back to the third spot. They got side-by-side, side, and rather than hit the wall, Shepard had to back out of the throttle. We've got a brand-new leader as Dale Earnhardt has come from way deep in the pack to lead this race out of turn four. So Earnhardt does have the advantage with Bodine going second, Morgan Shepard third. From third place, Shepard back to fourth place. Bill Elliott is a full two seconds holding fifth spot now. Kyle Petty with Richard Petty still working on him off turn two. Well, that's become the fourth, fifth, and sixth place back. Now they have reeled in Bill Elliott in a matter of just three car lengths behind Elliott now as they come out of uh, turn four again. Richard Petty putting a move on Kyle. He can't do anything with him here in the front straightaway, but that's been interesting for the fans to watch. Now remember the pit stops that were made at lap 253. That's the last time most of these cars have been on pit road. We are now at lap 381. And the only front runner that came in after that red flag a moment ago when they went back to racing was Dale Earnhardt, Ned. So that may make a big difference of why his car is working a little better. Could be, Barney. Of course, uh, he took on fuel at that time and made an adjustment on the front end of the car, too. So he'll be able to run more laps than the others will because he did cap the fuel off. They should be coming in probably around the 415 to 420 lap mark if they stay green from here to there. So there definitely will be one more pit stop in the Valleydale 500 here this afternoon. Again, it is Earnhardt in the lead. Jeff Bodine rides second. He's out of control over in turn three and four. Spins the car around once, twice. Tags the outside wall. Just lightly brushed it with the right front of the car. And caution is on the speedway. And this is going to be a break for everybody. As the leaders come flying by, 
up in turns three and four. That was a scary moment for him, but everyone gets by for an update over there quickly. Let's go over to Dave Despain. Back end came loose. We saw Bodine get up there and scrape the wall a couple of laps ago, maybe ten laps ago in a similar situation. This time he just couldn't save it, looped the car. I don't know that he made contact with the wall. It came very close. He's headed on to pit road. And here's Dale Earnhardt almost spinning it out down pit road. He came off of turn four and was going to head down the pits, and he turned across ways, but he got it straightened out. Bill Elliott follows him down pit road. So does Richard Petty. Harry Gant couldn't get into his pits. He's going to have to go back around. Here's Ricky Rudd coming in, and Kenny Schrader, the break that he was looking for, he was still out in front of the leader, so now he's back in the lead lap, and he'll be a contender, too. First cars off pit road, Dale Earnhardt, Bill Elliott, Richard Petty, Jeff Bodine, and Ricky Rudd. The quick cars off the pits on lap 386. Hope you can join us Tuesday night, 7 o'clock Eastern time. We'll be on the air with NASCAR Live. A guest will be joining us to talk about this race and much of the other NASCAR racing across the country this weekend. It's this Tuesday and every Tuesday night, 7 o'clock Eastern time, NASCAR Live right here. We're back under green. Earnhardt is a leader trying to chase him down right now is Bill Elliott, Richard Petty, and Jeff Bodine. They're the cars that are right behind him, and they won't be able to do anything with him here in the front straightaway. But Elliott is beginning to reel him in just a little bit. He's within about five car lengths of him in the backstretch. Down the backstretch they work, and Elliott's got to contend as well with Richard Petty, who is right on his tail. Good run for Richard here today. Bodine is right there despite three spins here today. He runs fourth. Fifth is Ricky Rudd. Sixth, Morgan Shepard. Further back the field, jockeying its way through race traffic. Shepard and Kyle Petty, who we both spoke of seconds ago, working now off turn two. Kyle gets the jump inside of Morgan Shepard. They're closing in on the J.D. McDuffie car. Shepard goes all the way, high up the banking again, opens up the inside for Kyle. And again, Harry Gant, who's very much back in the picture. He and Cole Wickey both still on the lead lap. And right on their tail is the number 90 car that has had such a struggle here today. He's come all the way from three laps down, and now Kenny Schrader still bottoming out every time he hits turn three is up into the eighth spot on the lead lap. We were told that Rusty Wallace is some 20 laps behind here this afternoon. That'll be a tremendous disappointment for Rusty, who felt like he could come here and defend his title as the winner of this race last year. Barney, they couldn't uh, ever find what the problem was causing him to miss. They changed the carburetor during the green flag stop there that got him so many laps behind. So it's really going to be a disappointing day for Rusty, but there's another day coming up at Martinsville in a couple of weeks. Earnhardt is the leader, and all of a sudden he looks superior. Looks like the car we've been watching all season long. Elliott had closed up to about three car lengths a moment ago. Now Earnhardt is pulled away by a good two seconds. Elliott is the number two car. Right behind him is Richard Petty, and Richard is giving Elliott all he can stand going through these corners as they're out of turn two. Petty's had a good run all day here. He's been very strong from the outset. He's been very consistent, rarely outside the top five, and he badly wants to get around Bill Elliott and go up and take his shot at Earnhardt. Richard Petty's a three-time winner here at Bristol Raceway. Impressive enough, although in comparison to some of the other short tracks where he has so totally dominated over the years, this has not been the most successful. Further back, Harry Gant and Morgan Shepard in a good battle. Good scramble for position there. For a moment, it looked like uh, Harry had the inside line and might get the spot. Kenny Schrader comes down low with him as Shepard continues to work that high line. They're going to try to both get by him. That'll be for seventh position as three cars are locked up in that tussle going off into turn number one. Shepard goes high again, and Harry ducks underneath him out of turn number two. Won't be able to get him there. They'll race door to door up into three for a second. Once again, Harry had the fender out front, but Morgan makes that high line work. When the car hooks up, he just comes off the corner like a shot, and it works again out of turn four as he managed to hold Gannett Bay in the race for seventh and eighth. Back off turn number two. It's still Kenny Schrader right there trying to work either way around Harry Gant, but he can't for the moment. Kenny Schrader, you're still surprised at how well your season is going in that car? Yeah, but, uh, you know, I guess you do a little bit of good and you want and you want to do better. So uh, now we're kind of aggravated now that we're only doing as good as we, as we are and, and not better yet. So we're going to work on doing better. 
Kenny Schrader with Judy Donlevy listening back home in Richmond, Virginia today. Bob Johnson, the crew chief on hand here. And Schrader is really putting the heat on Harry Gant, trying to work his way through. No problem with the front end of that car. It's already been uh, bumped in a few times, so Schrader's battling off too. He is in ninth spot, but he's only four seconds behind Dale Earnhardt. It's a tight, short track battle here as we pass the 400 mark, uh, 400 lap mark, 100 laps to go for the leader Earnhardt. Earnhardt right now has just an even second over the second place car, Bill Elliott. But probably one of the reasons for that is Elliott's had his hands full with Richard Petty, who's not let him rest for the last 15 or 20 laps around this racetrack as Richard closes in on him for the number two spot out of turns three and four. Won't be able to do anything there. Bodine has fallen back a little bit in fourth position. Still Ricky Rudd riding fifth. Sixth is Kyle Petty. Seventh is Morgan Shepard. Eighth right now should be Kenny Schrader. Ninth would be Harry Gant. And a tough break for Brett Bodine, who went a lap down a little bit earlier here this afternoon. But he's still giving that Budweiser car a real good ride. Relief driving, of course, for Terry Labonte. 403 laps go up on the board. Earnhardt is off turn two. Good race for second spot. And it seems that Bill Elliott and, and uh, Richard Petty work well on identical lines on the racetrack. Neither of them is able to move off that line to try to make a pass. So as a result, they're running nose to tail around here. Now Elliott opens up about two car lengths over Richard. Kenny Schrader now trying to get a piece of Morgan Shepard's position there as they work off turn number four. Back to number one. Quickly they go. And again, as Shepard tried to go high, Schrader is right there in his tire tracks. That's the seventh and eighth place battle. Morgan continuing to run the top of the racetrack. Schrader continuing to bottom as he hits turn three. And now Shepard goes low, and Kenny tries the outside. Well, he tried it coming out of the corner. Shepard saw him coming moved out and took up about half the lane, and if Schrader had kept going, he would have got a piece of the wall, so he backs out of it for a moment. Earnhardt again continues to slice through traffic, as we said. Wherever he catches any car on this racetrack, he just seems to be able to go around it, whether it's high or low, and the problem he had a little bit earlier that Ned talked about maybe knocking the front end out of line a little bit on that car. They've continued to make adjustments on it, Richard Childress and that Wrangler team, and they've got him dialed in right now, and he is literally flying around Bristol. 406 laps are complete. As we told you earlier, if you joined the broadcast, the race was red flag for about an hour and 30 minutes, and I don't think a half a dozen fans left. They're still here watching, waiting for the conclusion of this one. Speedway is still packed here as we circulate at lap 407 of the 500 that make up the Valleydale 500. Let's quickly check back in with Joe Golish. He's standing by at the Stafford Speedway in Connecticut where the Spring Sizzler has just concluded. How did it turn out, Joe? Well, it was a rather deceiving finish as Reggie Ruggiero, who just kind of sat back through the first portion of the event with no factor whatsoever, made a couple of tire changes around the midway portion of the event and came on strong in the closing laps, and he picked up the win here in the 80-lap event. George Bronhoffel, who was the mid-race leader, fell back through the pack due to the tires wearing out of that automobile, and Jamie Tomato likewise was unable to mount a challenge in the late laps as his tires also went away. Jimmy Spencer, who threatened throughout most of the event, he settled way back in the closing laps and dropped back to fourth, and rounding out the top five was George Kent. What was uh, Reggie's margin of victory there at the end? I'm sorry, Eli, we got a bad connection that time. Why would you come back, please? Yeah, my question was, what was Reggie's margin of victory there at the conclusion? Well, at the end, he was pulling away from the field as his car really got hooked up in the last 25 or 30 laps and just seemed to be on a cakewalk. He figured he had it made because the cars in front of him hadn't gone in for fresh tires when he had, but at the end, he found out his tires weren't quite as good as he thought, but he had that feeling that the tires were all right, and that was enough to carry him through. Okay, Joe Golis, thank you. Good job. And another victory at the Sizzler for Reggie Ruggiero and Mario Fiore. They were mired back in the 20th spot around there midway through the event, worked their way back to take the win.
412 laps make it 413 have just gone up on the board here in the Valleydale 500. Dale Earnhardt is the leader. Riding along in the number two spot is Bill Elliott. And Petty, Richard Petty, tried to get around him going into the number one corner and gets in trouble off turn number two. Petty out of control down the backstretch. Manages to gather it back up. A brilliant piece of driving by Richard Petty. He tucks back in behind Kyle. That'll put him in seventh spot. But what a piece of driving. That car was completely sideways out of two. He corrected it beautifully. Looked like it was, and he was down on the wet part of the racetrack. There are still some puddles down there on the inside of the backstretch. Richard ran right through him with his foot on the floor and saved the car. Cost him some 2.96 seconds from where he was running to where he is now running, but he also has a heck of a view of the Jeff Bodine, Ricky Rudd, and Kyle Petty battle. They're going for third, fourth, and fifth in turn two. And Ricky Rudd has really come to life before the Petty incident. He was up there challenging Bodine, running down on the bottom of the track. Jeff running the top, and Rudd is right there challenging for what would now be the third spot if he can get it. 75 laps remain in the Valleydale 500. It is still Earnhardt out front with a healthy lead right now over Bill Elliott, but the battle will be for third position. Neil Bonnet brings his car off the banking. The Valvoline machine goes on pit road, and we understand he has an overheating problem on that. But from third spot on back, there are six cars there that would like to have that position. Richard Petty is one of those that tried to take it away from Jeff Bodine. Won't be able to do it out of turn number four, but there's six cars going for the third spot out of turn number two. And what a job Petty's doing. He's come charging back after that wild ride down the backstretch. He has disposed of Kyle. He's passed Ricky Rudd. He's around Kenny Schrader. He's going after Jeff Bodine, and he's driving pretty good for a 50-year-old. All the while, though, the lead for Dale Earnhardt is by 3.38 seconds over Bill Elliott. Now here's Richard Petty. He moves to the inside of Bodine off turn number two. Three wide for a moment. They all manage to thread the needle. Bodine hangs on to the spot. Petty right on his rear deck. Inside goes Schrader side by side out of four. Schrader doing a great piece of driving here this afternoon. He's looked good all day long. The front end of that car banged in a little bit, but the handle has been there most of the day as he challenges Richard Petty for the fourth position out of turn number two. Has to back out of it. And they touch just a little bit. Schrader running the bottom and Richard up on the top with Bodine and Rudd. They're running a high line. Three cars nose to tail and Schrader tried to do something with them on the bottom. This is a super event as they go through turn number one again. Richard Petty peels off now midway between one and two, trying to get the quicker jump on Jeff Bodine. And that gets the fans on their feet when Richard comes out of line to make the move. He's got the inside spot on Bodine. They touch, they trade metal, and down out of the four they come. Boy, there's a lot of short track going on here this afternoon. Touching, shoving a little bit, pushing a little bit, taking every inch you can get. They go door to door, back into turn number one. Petty's rear end wagged out a little bit. He keeps it back in a straight line, but he's going to lose at least a half a car length on Jeff Bodine through three and four. What a tremendous battle as they just beat and batter on one another. No position changes in that group, and yet there are apparent position changes in every corner of the racetrack. Somebody will get a fender out front, can't make the pass stick. The guy behind them will to the outside. They're just all over this place. Fantastic battle for third, fourth, fifth, and sixth. Kenny Schrader had pulled to inside of Ricky Rudd, thought he had the pass made, then ran up on the Jerry Cranmer car. Neil Bonnet is back on the track, though running at well-reduced speed. Off turn number two, the lead car is still... Dale Earnhardt and Bill Elliott, third places. Jeff Bodine, Richard Petty is fourth. Ricky Rudd is fifth. Sixth is the Ken Schrader car. Seventh belongs to Harry Gant. Eighth is Kyle Petty. Ninth is Morgan Shepard. And tenth, Alan Kowicki. The hard charger battle now led by Bill Elliott over Jeff Bodine, Morgan Shepard. Earnhardt is fourth now and Kyle Petty fifth. That's the True Value Hard Charger Award battle. That was as of 400 laps. Tell you what, you've gotten your money's worth for the ticket this afternoon just for the battle we've seen the last 20 laps around for this third position going on on the racetrack right now. Ricky Rudd comes underneath Richard Petty out of turn number two. They'll go door to door. Rudd's car seems to work the best on the bottom of this group. He comes out of line now and tries to make the move. We alluded earlier to the fact that driving this place is very much like a rock on a string. 
435 laps have stretched the string. Everybody is running up a lot closer to the wall than they were earlier. Here comes Richard down to the inside to challenge Bodine. They are side by side down the back stretch. Petty is there. Bodine leaning on him, squeezed up against the wall. Petty gets by. Bodine spins. And Schrader is there. He and Bodine get together not once but twice. It damages the right front of Schrader's car. Bodine comes to rest up against the inside retaining wall. There's a bumper and all sorts of debris strewn across the front straightaway. And we are under caution. It is caution for the 12th time this afternoon. Jeff Bodine's car, badly damaged, sits against the inside pit retaining wall. Bodine unstrapping himself, trying to get out of the race car right now. He's climbing out the window and apparently is all right. And this is the fourth time today that he has had problems at this racetrack spinning the car out. He is standing out on the racetrack watching traffic come by. Here's Kenny Schrader moving on to pit road right now. And the right front is caved in on that car. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. In fact, the grill is completely gone on it, uh, Barney Hall. They'll see if they can beat it back out and get him back to going again. The right front is bashed in pretty badly. Here's Earnhardt down pit road. The right front tire was flat on the Kenny Schrader car. There could be some steering damage underneath. Here's Patty, Brett Bodine, and Ricky Rudd all in the pits. All of them will take on four tires and fill up with gasoline while the others, like uh, Kenny Schrader's crew, work on the right front of that car. Tell you, you're going to have to give a lot of credit to Jeff Bodine this afternoon. Despite four different times of spinning the car and having problems, he had kept it in contention to win here this afternoon and just hard-nosed racing through turns three and four. They get together, the car loops around and has crashed into the wall, and likely this will put him out for the day. He climbed out of the car, walked out in the racetrack, and was picking up big chunks of metal and debris and throw them back toward the pit road area. Give that little man all the credit in the world. He is a race driver. Let's go back to Ned. They continue to work on the Kenny Schrader car, Barney, but there's quite a bit of damage to that right front. He has uh, taken the steering wheel off. As a matter of fact, he's coming out of the car right now, but I'm sure that they'll be able to get him back out there, but he's, we'll see if we can get a word with him here in just a moment, but he's still out on pit road, so we'll get to him in just a moment. Well, that's such a shame, too. After a great run for Kenny Schrader here this afternoon, had a shot to win this thing. He, too, has come from behind a couple of times this afternoon. When you get four laps down at Bristol and get back up there, most of them were made up by just heads-up driving and getting the car to work, and then have this kind of knock you out and take you out of a shot to win it. It's got to hurt Kenny Schrader a little bit. He'll certainly be a candidate for the Goodies Headache Award here today. Let's go back towards Ned. He's there in the Kenny Schrader pit area, and they're still working. Got a lot of work to do there on that right front, Ned. Yes, they do have. Uh, Barney, we'll get. Well, Kenny's about to be, be tied up there for just a moment. We'll get back to him in, in just a second. But there is a lot of work to do on the right front of that car. They are over there working on it, but he has crawled out of the car. However, he'd get back in it in just a moment if they are able to get it fixed. The way they are running after coming off pit road, Earnhardt, again, outstanding pit work by his crew, gets him back out ahead of everyone. Good work by Gant's crew, puts him back in the number two position. Bill Elliott will ride third. Richard Petty showing up in fourth as they work the banking in single file here before they get ready to go back to green. Just about everyone has been in and out of the pits. Darrell Waltrip is now leaving pit road along with Neil Bonnet. There are now only eight cars on the lead lap. Earnhardt, Harry Gant is second after the uh, caution period here. Elliott is third, Richard Petty fourth, fifth is Kyle Petty, sixth is Ricky Rudd, seventh Morgan Shepard, and eighth is Alan Kowicki, the only cars on the lead lap. Ned? Well, Kenny Schrader is out of the Red Baron Pizza Ford. Really had it going, got back in the lead lap there. Kenny thought you had a shot at it, and then all he went there. Well, the thing was working awful good. I don't. Jeff and uh, Richard were beating on one another, and that had Ricky and I backed up. I don't know exactly what happened. There, them two guys got together, and I was—I I nailed Jeff just as soon as they slowed down. So it just knocked us both out. Are you not going to be able to get back in at all? No, we're done. Well, tough way for their afternoon to end, and uh, 
They did have an awfully good run. I guess if you take any uh, satisfaction out of it, it's that the car did work so very well on the short track, and they continued to uh, improve time and time again. Junie Donlevy sitting back home in Richmond, Virginia, listening in, can certainly take uh, note of that. Well, he's got to be proud of his race team because they have been a factor in every race they've been in. Such good things happen to them at Daytona during speed weeks. Every place they've been, the car is qualified right up front, and they've been able to run right up there with a shot to win. And his day will come, no question about that. Let's go back to Ned Jarrett. Well, we're standing by with Jeff Bodine, who is uh, out of the car. Jeff, quite a tough break there. <laughs> it's been a tough day for us. Uh, seems like I've been in everything that's happened out there. I missed a whole lot of stuff, but I got into a whole lot of stuff. Uh, my car got a little loose, and I was running the high side, and... Uh, I don't know who it was, got underneath me and just turned up into me. Uh, I don't know who that was, but it didn't look good to me. Well, sorry to see you out of it, but you put on a whale of a show. Well, that's part of the game, put on a show. The Levi Garrett Exxon AC Sparkler car was running good. Feels good for the whole team to see the car run good. Doesn't seem good to see it behind pit wall, though. Uh, a lot of things went on today that weren't necessary. I hope everyone calms down next week or next time we go to Martinsville. Because we're going there to win. Okay, Jeff Bodine, and you can tell in his voice that uh, he wasn't particularly pleased with the way things were going on out there. We're back under green at Bristol, Tennessee. There are eight cars on the lead lap that still have a good shot to win. As they put them under green, Earnhardt wastes no time and just blasting away from the field. He's pulled away from Harry Gann already by at least 15 car lengths. The battle will be for third spot. Elliott trying to hold off Richard Petty, who has really been charging here this afternoon. They're door-to-door through one and two. And he charges right around Bill Elliott to take over the touch. Elliott in trouble, sliding down to the inside, saves the car. Almost an identical move. Meanwhile, Kyle Petty tangles with Brett Bodine. Oh, kinds of action over here on the backstretch. Talk about saving a car. Kyle Petty did one of the best pieces of driving of the day, and he's in trouble in turn one as Morgan Shepard gets into Kyle, loops him around. Shepard hits the outside wall, and caution is on the speedway. And Jeff Bodine, as he said, a lot of things are happening here today at Bristol that don't really need to happen, but it puts us under caution for the 13th time today. But I think when Kyle Petty, Dave, managed to save the car after that first bounce down the back straightaway, that might have been one of the best pieces of driving because when he shot back up the banking, you thought the wall was going to grab him. Yeah, it was definitely a toss-up whether uh, Kyle or his daddy, Richard, did the best job of saving a car down the backstretch. And Bill Elliott, too, because Bill was all the way down there against the inside wall. And the problem with that is that when you come, as you alluded to, Eli, when you come back to the racetrack, you're attacking that banking at entirely the wrong angle, and you really got to do a number to save the car. Of the three, I guess I would probably give it to Kyle, perhaps, when we get down to our uh, cool move of the race award. He definitely did a good job up here in three and four, turned right around and lost one and two. Three of the top runners are on pit road. Bill Elliott will bring his car in, Harry Gant, and also here's Kyle Petty bringing his machine onto pit road along with Morgan Shepard. Let's go to Ned. And they'll change uh, tires at least the right side on all of those cars, and I expect Morgan and Kyle, since they spun around, will take on four tires. Bill Elliott is taking on four tires as well. He wasn't pleased with the way that the car was going, and I expect that's a little slip sideways out there. Could have plant spotted the tires. That's a good move coming in and putting on new tires. And Barney, while we have it here, Ken Wilson, a member of the Richard Petty crew, has been given the TRW Mechanic of the Race Award. $1,000 will go to Ken Wilson on Richard Petty's crew. They've done a good job here today. There's no question about that. Petty is currently posted in the number two position. Earnhardt is the leader. Richard Petty is second. Back in the third spot is Ricky Rudd, and fourth is Alan Kulwicki. Kenny Schrader 
he lied to us. He said he wasn't coming back. Said he was gone for the day. Well, he's now returned to the wash. That car is eight laps back. The Red Baron Frozen Pizza Ford, eight laps back. And we have had some 125 laps of caution if you're keeping tabs on such statistics this afternoon. Next weekend, it is an off week for the Winston Cup Tour with it being Easter Sunday. But the week following will be at the Martinsville Speedway. That's April 26th for the Sovereign Bank 500. Bush pole qualifying there starts on Thursday afternoon. The Saturday of that week, the Winston Modified Series and the Pontiac 150. Airtime will be 12 noon Eastern time, two weeks from today. One week later, it's on to Talladega, Alabama, the Winston 500 there. That'll be Sunday, May the 3rd, and MRN will also be on the air Saturday of that week with the Sitco Pit Road Preview at 4 o'clock Eastern time. And from there, it's on to Charlotte Motor Speedway, MRN returning there for the first time since 1980 for the Winston on Sunday, May the 17th. Field being given the indication, one to go as they will circle around this racetrack, form up for a double-file restart, and Kyle Petty will take advantage of a late pit stop quickly, go to Ned. And that's just for a slight adjustment on the Sitco Ford to Barney. They changed the tires, and, of course, they got it capped off with fuel. All of them should be able to go the rest of the way as far as fuel is concerned. They've had plenty of time during cautions to make those pit stops. We haven't seen a green flag pit stop, not a green flag schedule pit stop here all day. Back under green to conclude the Valleydale 500 as they drop the green. Earnhardt again gets a good jump on the field, pulls away by a couple of car lengths over Richard Petty and Ricky Rudd. They're in turn three. But Earnhardt as they move into three and four. Rudd, though, is right there, very strong in the Thunderbird, challenging Richard for the second spot. Rudd still right there within a half car length of Richard Petty. If you're wondering why we've not talked much about Darrell Waltrip today, he's now showing 10 laps down in the Tide Chevrolet. The leader is still Earnhardt, but now Richard Petty is going to try and take the chance at him because it's really the first time in a while that Richard has right been there without any cars or traffic between himself and the race leader there in two. And with just 45 laps to go, if anybody's going to move up and challenge Earnhardt, they got to make their move now. Petty is closing to within a car length, pulling away from Ricky Rudd a little bit. Then comes the lap car of Brett Bodine, the fourth place man is Alan Kowicki out of turn four. Fans would go crazy here this afternoon if Richard Petty pulls this one out. I think Richard's last win was 1984 for the firecracker race in Daytona Beach, Florida. So he is hungry for a win, no question about that, but the man has never given up. He has Earnhardt in his sights over in turn three, cuts the margin down now to about two car lengths. Ricky Rudd has fallen back to about five. A little further back rides Alan Kulwicki and Bill Elliott as they head back into turn number one. Elliott tried to scramble back up through traffic, was at the tail end on that restart, and is now trying to close back up. But it looks like the story here for the moment is that lead trio of Earnhardt, Petty, and Rudd seemingly equally matched about three car lengths between each of them. Alan Kulwicki is running strongly. In Trouble court. in turn number three. Going into the wall is Kenny Schrader. The car just suddenly took off like something broke on it right in front of Dave Despain. And the car went up, smacked the out. Outside wall very hard. Kenny Schrader could not get down onto pit road because he was past the pit entrance once he got the car gathered back up. So he's limping along the bottom of the racetrack. What a tough day it's been for him. But we stay under green. Well, he might have been better off to do what he told Ned Jarrett and stay in the pits a moment ago. Something did happen on that car because it really slammed into the wall. But he is now in the back pits, and we will remain green here in the Valleydale race. 460 laps go up on the board. 40 to go. Dale Earnhardt, the leader. Richard Petty has had him in his sights for the last 25 turns around this racetrack. He's been a factor all day long. Earnhardt begins to pull away just a little bit over in three. Petty is smoking the tires real badly through turns three and four. Perhaps his car not handling quite as well. He's having to drive it harder to keep Earnhardt in his sights. May not have enough left to make the move to try to pull off a pass here. Kenny Schrader, who does come down pit road, was running 12th at the time of the accident. He was eight laps in arrears. 
Earnhardt through turns three and four, closing in on some of the slower cars. Jerry Cranmer and Mike Potter directly ahead of the race leader. Petty is second. Third is Ricky Rudd. Fourth is Alan Kowicki. Further back, Harry Gant and Kyle Petty still working their way back through race traffic. They're running in sixth and seventh, respectively. But off turn number four, still it's Dale Earnhardt and Richard Petty trying to take a different line and cut it through the corners, Barney, to try and close in just a bit. But Earnhardt's starting to pull away. Well, Earnhardt's car is just working so well, although Richard's car is working good, too. Dale just really has it hooked up. He can run almost anywhere, and he's been just a little bit stronger when he's had it dialed in. But don't count out Richard Petty here today. I think Ned probably right now, the adrenaline is really pumping for Richard Petty because it's been a long time on a short track that he's run like he has here today. He really has, Barney, and, and he has stayed in there, run up in the top ten all day long, and really has, has been a factor in this race, and you're right, the adrenaline is flowing. You can see that this is perhaps his best chance to win on a short track in a long, long time. He's not going to let it get away if he possibly can. The consistency has suddenly come back to Richard Petty's team also. They ran well at Daytona. They ran well at Rockingham. And at Richmond, they had a pretty good run going. At Atlanta, they were a factor to win down there until they got tangled up in an accident toward the end of the race. And the consistency suddenly has become a factor in that team that they can get finishes and at least run in the top five and have a shot to win, and that's all you can ask for. Earnhardt is the leader. He is about 15 car lengths ahead of Richard Petty. Now he's going to catch some lap traffic here, and that might slow him down a little bit and allow Richard to shorten up the interval. The third-place car is Ricky Rudd. Alan Kulwicki's had another outstanding run here, much as he did at North Wilkesboro last weekend. He currently is fourth. The fifth-place car is Bill Elliott. Back in sixth is Harry Gant. Seventh, still Kyle Petty. And the last car on the lead lap would be Morgan Shepard. Brett Bodine is posted ninth. The lap down. Good run for Dale Jarrett today. He is in tenth position currently here at the track. One of the most unusual things, too, is that aside from the eight cars on the lead lap, everybody is on a lap by themselves with the exception of Michael Waltrip in car 30 and Slick Johnson in car number 12. They are both nine laps down. Every other car aside from the eight that are on the lead lap are currently on a lap by themselves and they're all chasing Dale Earnhardt as we've got just some 31 laps remaining at Bristol. The conclusion coming up very shortly here in the Valleydale 500. It's been a long day. Dale Earnhardt is a leader. Now he's beginning to pull away from Richard Petty just a little bit as they work into turn one. The separation is one point two seconds and Richard a moment ago was able to keep him in sight still has for that matter but Dave Despain the interval is beginning to get a little bit larger. I think it's got to be that tire smoke taking its toll. Richard's got to be running out of tires more quickly than Earnhardt because he's just smoking them at both ends of the racetrack now. We've talked so much about Earnhardt's handling the car runs on rails no smoke he doesn't appear to be working it hard and Richard is really having to literally drive the wheels off old 43 to keep him in sight. Back off turn number four they come this time, Earnhardt seems to stretch it just a bit further as they put another lap on the board. 1.36 seconds with 20 laps remaining. Further back, the battle between Ricky Rudd and Alan Kowicki still just separated by a car length. They're running for third and fourth. Bill Elliott is some five or eight car lengths back further. He is running in fifth. Back further, even still, Harry Gant. He has some five car lengths on Kyle Petty. And Kyle Petty has a comfortable margin on Morgan Shepard. It's nearly the length of a full straightaway. So that's how those cars remaining on the lead lap are spaced around this racetrack. But it's still Earnhardt as he works off turn number four as flawlessly as ever. It has not been an easy day for him. They've had their problems. The car slowed at times. They were a lap down for an unscheduled tire stop. But so far, Dave Despain, he's going through these racetrack at this point without any problems. Well, they've definitely got their act together, Eli. We've seen it all year. And they seem to be the team that really started the season ready to roar. They didn't lose the championship role that they had going for them at the end of 1986. They came into 87 ready to 
ago. They had one pit stop mistake that cost them a shot at winning the Daytona 500. And since then, it's been Chase, Darryl, uh, Chase Dale time all weekend, every weekend on the Winston Cup Tour. They just really have their act together. It is incredible the way that car works. It wouldn't be a big surprise, really, if some car got it hooked up and ran that well on a super speedway. But to run on the short tracks just as strong as he has on the super speedways all year long is phenomenal for any race team in the way they do it nowadays. 484 laps on the board, 16 to go. Earnhardt moves around. Dale Jarrett down in turn number one. As we said all day long, he's passing everyone just about where he catches them. If the car is at the bottom of the racetrack, he drives it up toward the outside wall. If the car he needs to pass is up toward the outside wall, he'll just hook the race car right down to the bottom of the speedway and go on. Richard Petty is now just about a half a straightaway behind the leader, Dale Earnhardt. But give Richard a lot of credit here. The man has never given up on himself. Neither has Dale Inman or the rest of his team, although they have been to the bottom of the well several times. And at times, I'm sure Richard even got down on himself. And we talked about it a couple of times that maybe it's me, he said. But he said, I'm not about to give up. As long as they'll stick with me, I'm going to keep hanging in there. Now he closes up a little bit on Earnhardt as they work traffic down in one and two. And he has shortened the distance a little bit. Earnhardt has to deal with Morgan Shepard, the last man on the lead lap. Shepard using that high line. That has slowed Earnhardt for the moment. But now he darts down to the inside, makes the pass up the front shoot. But that's helping Richard close up. Now Richard will have to try to get around. Just seven cars on the lead lap now as Morgan Shepard goes a lap down. Richard Petty is back to within less than a second of the race leader, Dale Earnhardt. Further back, you have Brett Bodine going in the ninth spot, and tenth is Dale Jarrett. Eleventh is Neil Bonnet. Now Richard Petty in turn number one. He'll go to the high side of Morgan Shepard, while Earnhardt just ahead has to pick around Mike Porter's car. Richard definitely timing his charge here. He's got 11 laps to go, and he's definitely pulled out all the stops going after Earnhardt. It's down to about four car lengths. Give him all the credit in the world. He is going to go for it this afternoon. He may burn the rubber completely off that car, but he is hanging it out in both ends of the racetrack. He has Earnhardt now within four car lengths of catching him in turn three. Every single fan on the backstretch on their feet shaking their fists, waving their hats, and it's hard to tell how many are cheering for Earnhardt, how many for Petty, but everybody's watching this tremendous battle for the lead. Back into turn one, Petty goes a bit higher than does Earnhardt. It maybe gives Earnhardt an extra half car length of an edge. Down into turn three, Earnhardt splits the middle. Richard running way up by the wall. Tire smoke billowing from beneath the 43 Pontiac. He's maintaining that interval at six car lengths. And Bill Elliott has just moved up into the fourth position as he got around Alan Kulwicki the last turn around this racetrack. Here's Earnhardt out of turn number two. Petty again, some eight or nine car lengths behind him, chases him up into three. They've got the straightaway advantage over the third place man, Ricky Rudd. It looks like third is secure, first and second still the issue. Let's see if Petty can do anything. He's definitely using the top of the racetrack to try to reel in Dale Earnhardt. Down the back stretch they come. Richard cuts the car in the middle of the corner to try to take a straighter drive down the straightaway, but it's not seeming to work as the interval stays just about steady. Dale Lindman and the crew, they are just all poised on the wall, watching as the field comes past. Likewise, Richard Childress, Kirk Shelmerdine and the crew, maybe at this point they seem to be a bit more relaxed. They're all standing behind the pit wall watching while the STP crew right now is leaning on the wall. Ned? Yes, we're uh, down in those pits, and they are pretty relaxed, although they don't like to see Richard running that close. I asked Richard Childers if everything was okay, and he said yes, so they're just watching him wind down these last few laps. Five laps to go here at Bristol, Tennessee in the Valleydale 500. Richard Petty chasing Dale Earnhardt. Petty's car all of a sudden now just will not stick 
in three and four. It drifts up high, and that smoke off the tires that Dave Despain talked about a moment ago, he is really smoking the good years here this afternoon. Earnhardt out of turn number two. Petty just will not give it up. Although he can't catch him, he's still within about five car lengths. Richard putting on a real fireworks show up here in three and four now. We've got the tire smoke, and now the car is bottoming out about every other time into turn three. There's a little dip right in the middle of the corner. He hits it, the sparks fly, but he's still within six car lengths of winning this race. Back through they go. Dale Earnhardt has some five or six car lanes on Richard Petty. Race traffic for the moment, not a factor. Back off turn number four. The front two have pulled well away from those running third, fourth, fifth, and sixth on back. For the people who said, or some of the fans who said, well, why doesn't Richard Petty hang it up? He's made all that money over the years, and he's done everything in racing that anyone can do. Why not hang it up? He can still put on a show for the fans. I guarantee you he could do a toothpaste ad when this one is over this afternoon, whether he come home second, fifth, or whatever, the way he is driven here today. White flag for Earnhardt. He's off turn two. Last turn of the racetrack. Everybody up and waving him on. The interval is going to be about six car lengths as they peel it off into turn three. Final time. Richard Petty tries to close. He'll come up short by some five car lengths. And for Dale Earnhardt, victory number five of the 1987 season. Running in third spot, Ricky Rudd. Now off turn number four. Good battle. Bill Elliott holds off. Alan Kowicki, who makes a challenge in the last moment. That's for fifth and sixth. Harry Gant will unofficially finish seventh. Eighth will go to Kyle Petty. All of those cars currently on the lead lap as Dale Earnhardt picks up yet another victory here on the Winston Cup Tour and we'll take you to victory lane as soon as we come back to Bristol. Whatever you drive, wherever you go, Hercules Tires will get you there. Whether you're running on dirt or running a job. Our dependable, high-quality tires are the perfect fit for your needs. For unmatched value, selection, and warranty with industry-leading road hazard protection, there's only one choice, Hercules Tires. To learn more, visit HerculesTire.com or call 800-677-9535. Hercules Tires, right on our strength. From the racetrack to the road home, fill up with Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. Sunoco makes high-quality performance fuels for the greatest drivers in the world, both on and off the track. Whether you are pulling up to the pump or experiencing the excitement of being at the track on race day, this will be a four-tire change. They've already topped it off with Sunoco fuel. Side service complete, second can of Sunoco fuel in. He's down and away. You can trust Sunoco to be the fuel that keeps you going. Capture the essence of racing and fill up with the official fuel of NASCAR, Sunoco. NASCAR Today continues on the Motor Racing Network. Back at Bristol, Tennessee, it is all over, and what a show it was here today. Dale Earnhardt, the winner, and he'll be tied up for a moment or so. Let's go to Ned Jarrett and see if he's caught the second-place finisher. Well, Richard Petty has pulled the STP Pontiac up to the Unical gas pumps here. He's getting his safety equipment off, the helmet coming off, the crew in there trying to help him get that. I'm sure he couldn't hear me right at the moment, Barney, but now we should be able to get to him. Richard, quite a run here today, fella. Quite a run. Quite a run for me at Bristol, that's for sure. Had to feel like you, you had a shot at it there and you gave it your all. Well, yeah, he was just a wee bit better. I don't know where, I couldn't figure out where he was beating us, but he was beating us. He wasn't down the straightaway, wasn't that much in the corner, just a little bit everywhere. And then uh, about, I guess, 12, 15 laps to go, I found me another groove there and I caught up with him real good because he ran into traffic. And then we leveled off right there at last. I think I used my tires up pretty good right there at last. Back earlier in the race, you fellows were really having a battle back there for third position. I tell you what, the ones that I didn't hit hit me. So it's just it's a tough racetrack. You get somebody running just about the same speed, and you can't get by them. And uh, first thing you know, there's a bunch of them behind you hitting you. So it's it's just a tough racetrack. 
Okay, congratulations to Richard Petty on a fine run here today. Boy, he hung it out all afternoon. Uh, my hat is off to that man here at Bristol, Tennessee today for Richard Petty. A good finish for him, come home in the number two spot. Good run for Ricky Rudd also, who will be credited with third. And Bill Elliott had it hooked up off and on all day long. And his short track program is becoming together also. He will finish fourth, fifth to Alan Kowicki, and sixth unofficially to Harry Gant. Before we leave the air, we'll be able to take you a little bit further back in the field. The Goodies Headache Award looks like it's going to... Sterling Marlin, deservedly so. Sterling was a leader in this race, running so very well for the Piedmont Airlines Oldsmobile. But the car got embroiled with a couple of others up there in turn number one, and it cost him the rest of the afternoon. So Sterling Marlin gets the $750 from Goodies Manufacturing. Let's take you down to victory lane. Ned Jarrett is in the midst of it all. Well, Dale Earnhardt is out of the Wrangler Chevrolet. Dale... We're congratulating you every Sunday, it looks like now. Well, it was a tough day, you know. Uh, that deal with Sterling's a little close. We got in uh, traffic there. We run up on traffic. We and Sterling was racing and uh, caused a wreck there. But, you know, we uh, fought back from that, and the car worked real well. Richard and the crew did a super job in the pits. And, you know, Richard was awful strong there at the end. He'd run on me a couple of times, and I was just trying to run a steady pace and not, uh, not uh, use up the tires. I was wanting to save something for the end. And, uh, you know, we ran a pretty good pace there at the end, but still we could run. I think we'd run a little harder pit. He'd been pushing us. You told us during the rain break that maybe the front end might have been knocked out of alignment a little bit. Then you came in. They make the adjustment on it. No, the, the it didn't hit the wheel. It just hit the right front corner of the car, and uh, you know, luckily it didn't tear nothing up. Well, five out of seven. That's a whale of an average. Yeah, it is. You know, that's just uh, Richard and the crews uh, doing. Uh, they keep putting this car together and putting it out front, and you know, in the pits and in the garage, they do a super job. Lou does a good job with these motors. They ran smooth all day long. Didn't have any problem. You know, as long as you finish every lap, you you know, you're going to have a shot at winning. They just give everything they can, and, uh, you know, it makes it easy for me. Well, of course, you give everything that you can do. Congratulations on your fifth Winston Cup win of 1987. And Dale Earnhardt will add a few more points to his Winston Cup points lead here at Bristol this afternoon. The fans are still standing here watching the activities over in Victory Lane as Dale Earnhardt is being congratulated and getting the winning war, uh, trophy award here this afternoon. And everything he's getting so used to going to victory lane, it's almost second nature everywhere we go. But as he said, one of these days that streak will change. Nothing lasts forever, but boy, he is having a time so far. It's time for the Motor Racing Network crew to vote for the Peak Coolest Move of the Race Award. And first for a nomination, let's go to Dave Despain. Well, we mentioned, uh, what, with 25 or 30 laps to go, that it was going to be tough to decide among Kyle Petty, Richard Petty, and Bill Elliott, which of their wild excursions down the backstretch was the coolest move of the race. I guess I have to go with the guy who finished uh, highest in the running order among those three. Richard Petty got clear sideways out of turn two. Car skated to the inside, got down into the puddles, looked like it was going straight into the inside wall. He just put his hoof in it and straightened it out, drove it on to a second-place finish. A great run for Richard and a cool move on the backstretch. Ned, a nomination? Well... I saw the situation with Harry Gant very early in the race, and he got that car about out of, out of shape as you could possibly get one and brought it back, and that was a cool move in, in my opinion, so I'll cast my nomination to Harry Gant. I'm standing by with Ricky Rudd, who finished third in the Motorcraft Ford. Ricky, sort of a tough, long day out there. Well, Ned, it really was. You know, we've had trouble all year long. The cars run real good, and we've had trouble staying out of other people's wrecks, and today... We were right in the middle of them all day long, and I guess just a lot of luck on our side today. We were able to miss them. Just never could quite get the Motorcraft Ford hooked up in the corner like we wanted to today. Uh, we didn't have much to race for the win. We were just going to try to salvage the best finish we could out of it. So I guess, all things considered, I guess third isn't too bad for us today. Not too bad at all. Our congratulations. Thank you, Ned. Well, Eli, there's so many 
drivers today who made cool moves to stay out of trouble and keep from running over other people. It's just really, really hard to pick out one. Jeff Bodine, even though he spun the car out four different times, did a good piece of driving a couple of times after the spin to save from getting into somebody else. He would certainly be a candidate for it. Harry Gant was a worthy nomination, as Ned pointed out. But it's just hard to take it away from Richard Petty. He made a half a dozen cool moves today. I'm going to cast my vote there. I'm going to have to cast a nomination for Kyle Petty, saving it as he did, going down the back straightaway, and then the car just shooting back up the banking uh, as almost out of control as it was and not tagging the wall, not collecting anybody else. I'm going to cast a nomination in Kyle Petty's direction. But uh, two ballots for Richard Petty. That will earn him the $500 from Peak for the Cool Move of the Race Award. And I've got to figure Richard again for the Close But No Cigar Award. Uh, from Habitat for the $200. Uh, I mean, couldn't get a whole lot closer than he did today in light of what everybody had to survive through. No, I don't think there's any question about that. So that money will also go to Richard Petty here this afternoon. It's all over at Bristol, Tennessee. Two weeks from today, the they'll do it all over again up at Martinsville, Virginia, up there for the Sovereign Bank 500. And if you think they beat and bang and push and shove and have a good time at a racetrack like here today, wait till you get to Martinsville. They do the same thing up there. So we'll be up there in a couple of weeks for that one. And let's take you quickly back a bit further in the field as we have it. Dale Earnhardt, of course, the winner. Richard Petty, second. Third went to Ricky Rudd. Bill Elliott, fourth. Fifth was Alan Kulwicki. Harry Gant was sixth. Seventh for Kyle Petty. Eighth, Morgan Shepard. Ninth was Brett Bodine in relief of Terry Labonte. And tenth went to Dale Jarrett, a good run. Eleventh belonged to Neil Bonnet. Twelfth was Darrell Waltrip. Michael Waltrip, thirteenth. Fourteenth, Slick Johnson. Fifteenth, D.K. Ulrich. Finishing in sixteenth was Rusty Wallace. Seventeenth, Ken Schrader. Mike Potter was in car number 81 today. He finished eighteenth. Nineteenth was Jeff Bodine. And Phil Parsons finished twentieth. Twenty-first belongs to J.D. McDuffie. 22nd was Jerry Cranmer. 23rd, Bobby Allison, 24th, Sterling Marlin. 25th place goes to Eddie Beerswall. 26th, Bobby Hillen Jr. 27th was Dave Marcus. 28th, Benny Parsons. 29th, Jimmy Means. And the 30th place finisher today, Ronnie Thomas, on his return to Winston Cup Racing. Our thanks, of course, to Ned Jarrett, who covered action on pit road today. Dave Despain, his usual fine job, out in turns three and four. And for those behind the scenes, Martha Oliver and Louise Frazier on the scoring loop. Our spotter today, Paul Schaefer, running in pit road was Winston Kelly. That's going to wrap it up from Bristol, Tennessee. For Barney Hall, I'm Eli Gold. We thank you. Good night. And join us in two weeks from Martinsville, Virginia, for the Sovereign Bank 500. The Motor Racing Network's coverage of the NASCAR Winston Cup Series from the Bristol International Raceway. The general manager of the Motor Racing Network is John McMullen. Engineers Harry Howard and Clay Stalka. Director of Affiliates Alan Bestwick. Assistants Pat Hensley and Cheryl Parkman. This is Rick Lewis speaking. This broadcast was a presentation of MRN, the Motor Racing Network, a division of International Speedway Corporation. MRN's Throwback Thursday has been brought to you by Hercules Tires, right on our strength, and by Sunoco and Grunt Style. Throwback Thursday can be found on demand at MRN.com, iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Throwback Thursday is a production of the Motor Racing Network. All rights reserved.